Rucker Hour Month continues. We're at the halfway point. Halfway point. Three out of five. So They say it couldn't be done, but we did it. They keep saying it can't be done. I know. I get people, they're like, you guys are insane. Yeah. You can't do five straight weeks of Rucker Hour. And I said, oh, can't we? Yeah, they keep calling us the Sisyphus podcast. Like, we're pushing the boulder. No, this is But we're going over the hill. We've already gone over the hill. (laughs) We're halfway to the moon. We're blowing our death wish numbers out the water. Death Wish. Wh- who's in Death Wish? I don't even remember. What's Death Wish? They say we have a Death Wish, and we say no. <laughs> Rucker Hour Month is a success. So much of a success, Griff, we got a G&G virgin on tonight's show. I don't know if this guy's... I'm, I'm still going to... Fucking Acid Pit is still in play. Yeah, you're still making us record next to it, and it's a little warmer today, so I'm not liking that. <laughs> it's windier, so the fumes are getting into my face, not yours. What the? I arranged it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> why do we have a wind in our compound? What's going on with that? Well, you gotta keep air, air circulation. Flow? I mean, how do you think we flow so well? It's because we got a good airflow. <laughs> so I gotta say, this guy's brave. He's a Twitter friend of mine. He's a long time, well, I don't know if he's a long time listener, but he's a listener. <laughs> likes the show. I'm going to introduce him right now for you, everybody. You might, if you know him on Twitter, you know him as that RoboPulp. We're going to call him Mel, because that's his name. Mel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Very first time, like you said, a virgin. Whew. Yes, very brave of you. <laughs> a little you nervous, but well, hopefully you guys will be gentle. Well, like we we like to give people the training course and put them on a tippy-tap, a little, right. a little shorter episode, more condensed, <laughs> but not... You gave us the full four and a half pages of notes. You've got written out maps. You you sent me over the full yarn board with strings attached. And, and there is a lot of connections between this movie and the other Rucker movies. But we can't go there yet. We'll get to Rucker in a minute. The first thing we need to know, Mel, who is your action guy? Uh, my action guy as in my favorite? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow, you're throwing some heart left at me because... I, I know don't... this action podcast asked about action stars. The first stars. comes to mind. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is um, uh, Stallone, really, the first one that comes to mind. I think he might be my first experience of the action hero, of someone who makes movies of a particular kind involving action and not much else. Or at least in that time period, they, there was about action and maybe a little bit of right-wing um, politics. But, you know, if we were to go in a descending order, I guess Stallone, Schwarzenegger, uh, Dudikoff, and that's it, really. Because, I mean, after that, you start a whole other tier of, like, the B and C and D and F people with people like Don the Dragon Wilson, uh, who else, uh, David Bradley. Um, I, and it kind of stays in that space. I'm, now, like, one thing that I have in common with you guys is I love Stephen James, but... This list that I have created, it's in terms of visibility. And Stephen James, I think we all agree, unfortunately, did not get a lot of visibility. I mean, we can definitely agree on that. Yeah, but so it, that's the criteria for this list that I'm throwing out at you. It's not so much in terms of qualities or skills, because 
uh, James had skills to spare. That guy could have been working on two franchises simultaneously. Should have been working on two franchises like Tom Cruise or uh, I ran out of breath. Cruise or Vin Diesel, <laughs> let's say. Apparently, uh, all we have of him is just um, Riverbend and the other movie that he did with Red Brown. I cannot even recall the name. I mean, Street Hunter. Yeah, Street Hunter was another starring movie. Yeah, that's unfortunately all we have of him. Sad to say. And perhaps too much of Stallone and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so now I have a question for you guys. I'm curious about Tippy Tap. Where, uh, where did the title for those come from? Tippy Tap is, if you've seen the movie Kickboxer, haven't you? The Jean Claude Van Damme classic. Oh yes, yes, I saw that. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, actually, oh, I forgot to Van Damme. I guess he does figure somewhere in that tier, in the upper tier. But I would put I, him below Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Budokoff in there, but you snub Van Damme. But anyways, go ahead. Well, no, let me let me. <laughs> so in the movie Kickboxer, you have his brother. Eric, I think was is this, Eric. I think it, and wait. Kurt. He was Kurt, right? It's John Claude is Kurt. 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 So there's a scene in the beginning where uh, Kurt, John Claude Van Damme's character, is doing those pretty kicks he does. You know where he sends his leg and his he's got full extension knee. and he's just articulating the knee and tapping uh, Eric with his toe. And Eric just okay. What yeah. the fuck is up with those little tippy tap kicks? Yeah. You need power. oh wow. Yeah. Man, the so episode is like a mini episode. You don't get the full power of a Golden Globe Theater <laughs> episode. So that's yeah. I've listened to a few. Episodes. I I see what you mean. They're like usually about an hour. You kind of keep them to an hour or so. We try to. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, succeed, man. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And it, it helps because so many of, uh, like, these action movies that we covered, they're just not done anymore. I don't see how they could be done anymore. 90s TV, 80s TV, they were still doing it in a short, shorter form, you know, like the hour format, 40-minute format. So it just made sense to pick up some, some of those and cover them and just smaller episodes and it's just fun it's just fun yeah because some people are kind of intimidated by seeing a two and a half hour episode yes. on, uh, <laughs> i'm thinking about that ahead it's like wow hopefully i'll have enough spit left to talk that long <laughs> we don't know how it happens either but you just look at the clock and like holy shit we just talked three hours about fucking dudikov <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dudikoff. Uh, by the way, I, I think the reason why I kind of put Dudikoff on not Van Damme is because um I became aware of Van Damme first. No, no, I'm sorry. I became aware of Dudikoff first because he wasn't, you know, he was an American ninja, which as much as I like a kickboxer and uh, blood sport, American ninja has ninjas. And usually that settles the, the debate right there. But early 90s, I kind of started losing interest in Van Damme. And I got into watching, you know, like late night cable back in the day, like Showtime and all that. And you will find Dudikoff doing movie, uh, movies during that decade. Like he was a regular with PM Entertainment. And I kind of enjoyed his movies more during that time than Van Damme movies. <laughs> so I think maybe that's why. Like he's more, uh, he stands out more in my mind in that time period than Van Damme. I could see that. That would make sense to me. Like I just had the three same VHS tapes that I'd rent weekend, week out, blood <laughs> forward, bloody I did like. Death, and that was like mid 90s yeah. and it come around that time yeah hockey, you know so it made it just made sense it worked in my heart do we have any other questions before, uh for mel before we get on to i think we got so much shit to get into we need to get into it so, all right uh, should we 
go to the trailer now? We don't want to even talk about anything about do this we, Well, I guess we should ask uh, Mel, what's your Rucker Hauer experience? How, how do you what? How do you feel about Rucker Hauer? Um, well, I'm first off, I'm sad that he's gone. We lost uh, an amazing talent, and um, Rucker Howard's one of those people that I value him as an actor, but I don't know much about him. And that he had this sort of, I guess I would call a yo-yo career, and that he had these very high-profile movies that he was always very um highly appraised for. You know, like Blade Runner. Yeah. So, for yeah. example, like Wanted Dead or Alive, that's another movie that I would say he had high praise for. But then he would do a bunch of movies that barely kind of touched the mainstream radar. So he had this, how would I, yeah, like the yo-yo, and that he would be in one high-profile movie. Then he probably made a dozen movies in a very short time that you probably barely heard about. And in fact, um, until you um, started doing this thing, I had never heard of Wedlock before. And I checked that out, and like, you know, it's not bad. It's okay. It just feels like everybody's kind of... Not they don't have a lot of caffeine as they going into this, including the writer, the director, not just Rutger Hauer. It was uh, it was an interesting experience that movie. That's yeah. for sure. It but Rutger Hauer, yeah, I mean, as an actor, he is a he is a magnetic, captivating personality on screen. Like he does so little, yet in your mind, when you're running the movie back in your head, you think he did more because he was just so uh, he was just such a magnetic, captivating personality that. He didn't really have to do much. He had that um, De Niro charisma, I'm going to say, and that he projected menace and charm at the same time. You just didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. He might say a how joke or he might just stab you in the eyeball. <laughs> how did you, your dick. How did you feel about his harmonica work in this? Um, let me see. Uh, you know, he got well, better towards the end of the movie. Um, I don't think it's spoilery to say he, his harmonica playing improved. Because yeah. when the girl introduces him, uh, or rather when the girl gives him the harmonica, she actually says it. She flat out says it like, uh, you're terrible. Or I, I'm paraphrasing, but she pretty much told him, you suck at playing harmonica. Yeah, it was a um, by the end of the movie, he actually got better at it. But it was a better song. It was like a better sweet tune because of certain things that happened Yeah, that we don't want to get into just yet. Me, it reminded me a lot of the end of uh, Harold and Maude. So they were probably paying homage to that. Uh, oh, yeah, wow, that's a great uh, connection. Wow, yeah, how all that mod. Wow, no, I totally uh, never made that connection, but yeah, there is the same. Yeah. I would agree with uh, Mel's assessment. Rucker Howard was a very up-and-down career. Yeah. I, know, like, I, I always wondered, did he have a drinking problem or a drug problem? <laughs> like Nick Cage type of thing, yeah. or he like, lost money and just had to sign yeah, on everything? Because so. he is a very great actor. <laughs> You know, so, More so than Nick Cave. Nick Cave. I shouldn't have. Nick, Nick Cave? Cave. I agree. Yes, he he was consistent. Nick Cage is. Yeah, Nick Cage is like he. Uh, it's like a Griff said. Like there's the that's a movie he does for the paycheck, and there's that one that he you know he really throws himself into it. And like for example, Mandy. Like that was 2018. I would say that was one movie where he really let it all hang out, literally. And then he's probably made like ten movies since that. I have no idea that I I cannot I couldn't name one of them. Right. But Rutger Hauer was solid, consistently solid. Now that I'm rediscovering all these movies because they pop up on uh, services like Tubi, I'm seeing that you know the yeah. guy was consistent even in a movie where he probably was phoning it in, like you guys pointed out. He was still giving you something. He wasn't really like zero, like flatlining. He was still giving something. I could to the director and in turn giving something to us, the audience. 
Yeah. He looked like he was just living the life. You know, he just show up, fiddle with some sandwiches, you know, eat an apple, <laughs> hang out in the defecation tank. It was great. Defecation tank. Defe defecation tank. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get into this fucking movie. I'm going to throw to the trailer. You know why, Griff? Because I've seen a million bots, and we rocked them all. Because we're podcasters. In the steel mics, we thrive. Here's the trailer for Walden. Walden! Dead or alive. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for this podcast, I would never see Tim actually emote in his life. a hard-working, dedicated, wow. no-holds-barred, sleazebag bounty hunter, and business is booming. He's a bounty hunter with a system. It's a $15,000 bonus, if he can still talk. And a soul. Nikki, that sounds terrible. We need you. This is a flashpoint situation. But the people he's after... I've been waiting to kill him for a long time. ...are only half as dangerous as the ones who hired him. Randall really doesn't have much use for you, does he? Would you do what we're doing to a pop? You think I knew they were using you as bait? What the hell is going on? I just gotta disappear. You're losing your bait. You're better off with us than without us, Randall. Don't bet on it. Rector Hauer. Wanted, dead, or alive. Ah. All right, welcome back. Great trailer. Hopefully, it's not just sound effects. <laughs> Hopefully. I always I try to cut them down, but I got to tell you, even a two-minute trailer, I can't sit through. <laughs> Fucking millennials. Fucking, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Attention span of a goldfish, am I right? Oh. You're exactly right. Okay, okay, yes, okay. <laughs> let's get this. Let's get this on track. We're back. We're, we we've ventured into the '90s. We're in we're in, we're in peak Rutger era '80s. '80s, yes. And it's not trying to be somewhere in the future. It is '80s, '87, probably the best year known to man. I mean, no, certain no. Uh, certain man was born that day. I was a man even before I was a child, of course. And uh, Mario oh, it was a very boring. Yeah. Super Mario Three, I think, came out. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. No, Eighty-seven trash. Trash. Shut up. <laughs> but what isn't trash? This movie, bro. We start out. We got to establish this character. What was his name again? Nick. <laughs> Nick? Nick Randall. We got we got we got to show that he's up what what he is what he does how he lives. I mean, we could have watched the original show that this was based on. Well, no, because we're not going to. Whoa, it was an old western. Yeah, there was a this was based from a show. They um based it on the TV show. Kind of. <laughs> it was. I was going to say yeah. They. Oh, sorry. Oh. I I found like a little behind the scenes of this uh, before I watched the movie. And they never mention that. They never make any reference to, to you know, drawing inspiration from the TV show. Yeah. 
anybody who wrote a review about it definitely brought it up because they were like, the only thing good about the show is that it starred Steve McQueen. Yeah, we'll get. Oh, it was not a very good show then. They say. I, I guess not, according to the <laughs> reviewers. But uh, we'll we'll get into some of those details. Apparently, I don't know. We had details. I, I always have details. You always have details. And the first detail is, after that horrible, <laughs> fucking He-Man haircut that that uh, Rucker was rocking in wedlock, we get the perfectly quaffed mullet. It's beautiful. It was absolutely stunning. You know, the I, this is only second to I watched. Uh, my first man love actor, I watched one of his movies this morning. Uh, one you may know, Jeff Bridges. And he's, he, I, I, I was like looking in a mirror. Perfect mustache, perfect hair, perfect six-pack. I was like, oh, it's Griff in a movie right there on the silver screen. What was the movie? <clears throat> uh, Cutter's Way. Never heard of it. Great fucking movie. I loved it. Was it an uh, greater movie? Wanted Dead Wanted or Alive. Dead or alive. <laughs> Mel, how you feeling about uh, Rucker's hair? You know, I was just thinking, his hair probably wasn't that different from Split Second. Uh, Split Second, it was kind of short. Yeah, a little short. He had it He had oh. it just wire brushed up in that movie. Literally a wire brush, you would clean your grill grate. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I, I guess uh, in Split Second, you get the character you have now projected into the future. Like, if he stayed doing that, because at one point in the movie, in Wanted Dead or Alive, he says... He's sick of that. You know, he's getting tired of, like, all these, I guess, scum, all the scum that he picks up. But when the movie starts, that first shot, I actually, I don't know if you guys had a chance of seeing it in my notes. I made a comparison. Like, on the top, he's got, like, a rooster's crest, and the back, he has a duck's ass. <laughs> uh, well, whatever that duck's ass is, the duck's doing, his ass is looking great, because I love this hair. <laughs> I love the fact that we're all on the same wavelength. There is definitely a connection to this movie and this character and Harley Stone from Split Sec. Yeah. And I, we, either, we, we, there's illusions. I think this is the same character, Griff. I'm going to call oh, it yeah. right now. Oh, no. There's definitely, we're going to have a very easy time. We know about how Zargathus travel on trucks. He could easily travel the truck across the continent. But we'll get into that. We'll spell it all out. I mean, Mel already did when he sent me his yarn connection dotting. So he, right. he's on the same wavelength as us. Which we one was it? I can't remember now, actually, what I, I wrote. <laughs> You're just like us. Just like us. <laughs> so pull up to a point. Well, you can only plan so much. I think we all agree. You can only script so much. You, you got to go with the, with the flow. And that connection that you said that I made, that just came to me while you, um, when you mentioned that. I was like, oh, yeah, I see that. You know, if he stay well, with we, that, if he stay with the bounty hunting, eventually he become a burnout who just like he drinks the coffee that he put the cigarette out on and such. I mean, there, there's there's semblances. You can see that it's falling apart in this movie, and it's gonna pick back up elsewhere. But we're at biker bar, pistol noon, nonstop strip tease, nonstop. Walks in, cases the joint. See who's friend, who's foe. <laughs> pulls up to the bar. This he pulls. He does a rucker. Pulls his gum out and just puts it on the bar. Ugh. Yeah, that I was gross, man. Orders a whiskey. Yes. That's what you do at a biker bar. You order a shot of whiskey. I hate that he did. Um. Oh God. I I hate that. I'm even gonna bring this up. Uh. We have a character in a certain movie called White Fire who also ordered whiskey. And he ordered it by holding up, like, he barely put his pinky out. 
Good call, and back. I didn't remember that. Shit. That's how Rutger orders his whiskey, and they put it in a tiny little saucer, and then he just slurps at little, it like a lizard. Yeah, he slurps at it like a lizard. I was like, what no, are you he doesn't doing? even do that. He sniffs it, and then he's like, I'm he, going to take it outside with me. He put it in his pocket for later. What yeah, he, he goes out this? to his car. I don't know what Apparently, yeah, when you, pay, when you pay for the drink, you also pay for the tumbler because he just walks out with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He finishes I've it in the car. Done that. Yeah. I I I've done that. I've uh, been given fancy tumblers and have just been like, I want this, and I'm leaving with it. I could pull it out of my cupboard right now. <laughs> anyway. It's a future so, Christmas present for someone you hate. <laughs> maybe it's a nice glass. So we see it. We see some roughnecks that are getting up to no trouble. He's observing them. Getting up to no trouble, so he's just <laughs> yes, making sure they're yes. staying up to no trouble. I misspoke. They're getting up to a lot of trouble. I mean, they're, they're, they're about to rape a man on a pool table. They just play him out. It's it's not hard to see that they're troublemakers because they're spitting <clears> up chew everywhere. It's dripping down their face. They've got cowboy hat on. They've got the gas station attendant shirt with the sleeves cut off. Like getting hard yeah. John Moxley vibes off this guy. <laughs> Slapping asses, <laughs> men yeah. and women. Men and women, yeah. Like, like I said, they've got a man sprawled out on a pool table. We have no idea what they're going to do to this guy. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Well, we don't need to because we come back to, <laughs> to Rucker. <laughs> Rucker's sitting out there. That's how you cut corners, Mel. I'm sorry, why? What was that? And he sees the guys that come out. They, I guess they just raped that guy. Maybe. And they're ready to rob some uh, Asian uh, uh, party store. <laughs> So, so he follows them because we learn he's a bounty hunter, right? And these guys, they they got a big bounty on him. But before that, we cut to I, I smell this stench in the air. It can only be Gene Simmons. <laughs> Gene Simmons <laughs> in rabbi garb, rabbi drag. Yeah, he got the little curls. He got the beard. It's a live beard too. That's Which, not... and, and no cultural appropriation. He is an Israeli, so he can do. Oh, this. is he? I was yes, going to ask yeah. you that. Yeah, yes, again. And we know, of yes. we know him from Kiss. We know he's a piece of shit. Fuck you, Gene Simmons. <laughs> I mean, were you guys either uh, of you guys fans of Kiss? And were you disappointed no. when Gene Simmons went on to make bad movies? No, because this is very um, foray. He he did like three movies. I don't, and he came right back to Kiss. I don't hate Kiss, but I don't love them. Like they're okay. I don't mind them. I guess it's the best way I could explain it. I don't particularly mind their music or them. I don't have that pathological hatred that Griff has towards certain towards uh, Gene Simmons and certain other people. Someone named Bob. You totally do. You have that pathological hate. I love. Well, I, I do. Yes. Do I no, do? no. I'm sorry. Not Griff. I'm Murray. Murray. I was gonna say. I keep getting your names mixed up. I'm so sorry about that. No, I'm Murray. Like the way Murray goes on Twitter about Bob Ginty. Like all I have to do is show a picture, and he just goes on a thread, screaming how much he sucks. Oh, he's oh, garbage. He's fucking trash. Mel, be careful. He's stirring the acid pit as you speak right now. Yeah. He is not. I've seen that, dude. I've seen that happen on Twitter. Where I just have to do just point up, just post a photo of Bob Ginty, and like he'll just go on and on. But anyway, um, back to the present. Yeah, I guess you point out these guys. They're they just project self. Like they just look like so scummy. Like they look like they've been just wearing the thing clothes for days. That truck yeah. looks like it's like held up with duct tape. Like they're just gross. But anyway, back to Gene Simmons. Yeah, Gene Simmons. He's dressed like a rabbi, but it's a disguise, Griff. And you know how we know it is because they use the most racist uh, sound cues of the most cliche Arab like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. This episode on 9 11 of all days. Oh, I forgot. It is 9 I mean, is it? Is it inappropriate or the most appropriate that we're doing a movie about Middle Eastern terrorists that, on, think, on the 20th anniversary I of 9 11? Wow, yeah, that is true. Hmm. You're not, you're not hearing it on 9-11. We are recording but, it on 9-11. And we did not find it this way. We did. Uh, uh, what's, what were we supposed to be doing on 9-11, Griff? Reflecting. We reflected before we recorded. Oh, yeah. Well, so it's totally in, okay. In between the two of us is a paper mache of the two towers. Right in yes, between me and Murray. And then you might knock him down. <laughs> okay. So he jumps in the car. He, he's getting picked up by some Jewish people. Oh, yeah. He's, I, didn't, I did not understand this. I guess we had to pl- show how evil he is. Because oh, yeah. this scene made no sense. It's why he's just picked up by his crew. Well, he's being picked up. He needs to go deep undercover. He can't be spotted. He's going undercover. He probably killed whoever. He's like this... the Osama bin Laden of 1987 people. He's, yes. He's, want, most, he's wanted there alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Wow, that really worked. He has a rock star attitude about it, though. He actually wants people to know that it's him. Like, he leaves evidence, uh, as we'll get into soon, that he did something. Like, he made sure when he called that guy in the press, some people are going to claim responsibility, but it was me that did this. I'm going to make a millennial reference. He's the Jake Paul of these times. So, yeah, he's taking pictures <laughs> with dead bodies. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> We're going to show how evil he is. His is. Favorite weapon is a straight razor. Yes, I like the touch. I like it. And yeah, there's a sadistic aspect to his cost. <laughs> the shave was a little too close. A little too close. A little too close. And then his, his boys who are falling behind pick him off. They just leave the guy in his van like on the side of the road. Yeah. And then he's just like so disgusted. He looks kind of Jewish. He's like, I have to cut this Jew beard off me as quickly as possible. So he's in the car cutting his beard. Yeah, that really bothered me. I'm like, Jesus, just wait till you get to a bathroom or like a house or someplace. Like, ugh, I'd imagine tufts of hair all over the floor and the seat of that van. Of that van. I'm like, ah. I mean, I'm looking into the eyes of a man who ha- can't let his hair touch his ears. So. <laughs> I, I've seen him. Try, I've seen him cut. I'll his tell hair. you what. When the the one episode where I grew a mustache for Commando, I did the exact same thing on my drive home. I was like, I gotta get this fucking yeah. mustache <laughs> off my face. Yep. <laughs> so I did it. I kind of. This is the one thing I can relate to. Malik, the character Chief Simmons. Plays. So we're back. We're back to uh, uh, Rucker. Rucker tailing these guys. Yeah, Nick Randall. Nick Randall. They're, they're off on a whole night of debauchery. They need some chips. They need some, some refreshments. Uh, yeah, this looked like our street from Death Wish 4 or 5 whenever he was in L.A. I forget if it's Evans when he's in L.A. Evans, he's in L.A. Okay, so it had to be, I think it was 4. He's over in L.A. We got the liquor store surrounded by churches that are doing their midnight masses <laughs> or midnight services. And, uh, yeah, all of our thugs are going into this nice party store, as we call it, here in Michigan. All convenience stores everywhere else. Yep. And you got to load up on Doritos and some uh, Pacifico, some cervezas. Cervezas? Cervezas, yeah. Cervezas, yeah. And so, of course, they got to be, like, pawing shit, throwing it on the floor. We got to show how evil these fuckers are. Hey, time is a flat circle, because who are they harassing? The Asian store owners. Right. Just... And the Come guy's on. got, like, apparently maybe this guy was a Vietnam vet. He's got some issues. He's just like, I sh- we should have bombed you guys. And this guy's like, I'm just trying to sell Doritos. I'm right. just trying to sell Doritos. And they start pawning. And <laughs> Why? Because she's like, back the fuck off. They're yeah, like, she was she was feisty. She was trying to push him away. Like, get the fuck out of here. She's seen the racket before. And they're like, no, you're coming with us. We're going to rape you tonight. 
So like they decide they're gonna take this. It's not a spur of the yeah. moment, as Joan Cornette would say. Yeah, grab her. No, because this is where our hero Nick enters. Okay, he doesn't guys. enter. He waits outside first. Okay. So one of the guys has loaded himself up with Doritos and and the cerveza, cerveza, cervezos, cerveza, <clears throat> and he's walking outside, arms full. And that's where Nick is just waiting outside. He's leaning against the building, just drenched out in trench coat. No, was he wearing – he was wearing a Miami Vice type, but not too bright, right? He was wearing a suit jacket, I think, at this time. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what he was wearing. 80s tactical gear. I, well, I don't think he was tactical gear yet. I think he was street savvy looking. So, well, that wasn't like an industry yet, so I guess it was like a, a made up from like a visit to the uh, uh, military surplus store. Yeah. Cause oh my god that outfit at the end oh we're gonna have fun with that one. So he gets the guy's attention and from underneath the middle seat he has like a baby seat in his car that he lifts yeah, off. It's a baby seat. <laughs> <laughs> what that was about? And he has his yeah he has his gun hidden under there. And his gun. He has a baby seat for his gun. He has a baby seat for his gun, but his gun goes under the baby seat, not yeah. in the baby seat. So he lifts open, he pulls up. This is an iconic weapon. I can't believe this isn't on the toy shelves today. Because, it was in 87. Because this is something you would think the, like the all the, uh, the the LARPing militia folk would be absolutely in love with. It's this weird short barrel like assault shotgun with a laser sight <laughs> and this yeah. handle off the side. Well, I, I got to... My first time ever seeing a laser sight was Terminator. I think that was the first that you... Yeah, mine too. Every, okay. every fucking movie had to have a la- You don't... The whole point of a fucking shotgun is a scattergun. You don't have to aim. You, you don't aim. <laughs> aim. No, I have to have a fucking laser scope on my shotgun. I get, I'm going to say that was a production designer having fun just being... Uh, they let him do whatever he wanted. So they put something that looked cool, but... Doesn't really, like you said, doesn't really factor into making it more effective. After, you know, I spent a lot of, uh, when I found out I liked those action movies, when they would pop on TV, you know, TNTs and the TBS and whatever movies would play, whatever channels would play movies like this, I'd always watch them. And that was just such a thing. Every gun had to have a laser sight. And it just tells you what's about to happen. Like, it's just indicating to the audience who's about to be shot. So you got to have it. Dorito guy comes out, he doesn't shoot him, he just bashes him in the face with the shotgun several times. Mm. That was the bounty, right? That guy? That was not the bounty guy. Oh, that was God. some other jobber. And okay. so now he's going to walk <laughs> in the grocery or the party store, and this is where you want to take it, Murray. He just starts unloading on these poor people's shop. Like, he just, all he had to do was point a gun at these guys, and I think they would have just stopped. That's all he does. Yeah. But no, he's got to let him know. He's got to, he, he's like, I got the laser pointer, I got to fucking use it. And, as he's shooting, Charlie, Charlie, it smells like shit in here. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> I, I love it. Again, Rucker hamming it up, I think. Beats the fuck out of some guy. He didn't kill anybody, right? He just beats the as fuck far out. as I know, but the, his friends. He destroys the entire fucking store. Yes. Like, you know... He shoots the shit out of every fridge and freezer in the store. All the uh, Cool Ranch Doritos, the bad ones. He just blows them all up. Then he handcuffs Charlie. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. By the way, the 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 hero caused him more damage than the villain at a convenience store. I think Sagan might have been one of the last people to do that, where he actually <laughs> causes so much damage that it would have been better to just pay off the criminal. 
It would be it would be funny if Seagal actually put an end to that. Like people are finally we've had enough of you, action heroes. Seagal, yes, yes, yeah. You blew up the last of the WrestleMania fucking ice cream bars. So <laughs> got his bounty. And then he grabs one of those like papers where you get like prostitutes and like yes. shit like that. And he like hands him like a dollar. Was he like it was a hundred dollar bill? Oh, so which he did like ten thousand dollars of the damage. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say that's one percent of the damage covers. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do Murray's job and do the math of eighty seven hundred dollars. How far would that go in uh, eighty seven? They would not cover the damage. Cover the not damage at all. All right. He's got his bounty. He smells like shit, as you pointed out, Grip. So he throws him in the trunk, as you would, and he calls up. He's got he's he's got a car phone. He's, Calls up his buddy Danny Quinns, who is a cop. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, Danny. "Well, no, he doesn't call up Danny. He calls up the dispatchers. He's trying to get to yeah. Danny, but he can't get to him right off the bat." And he's like, "Tell Danny to meet me outside. I don't like cops." We're learning so mm. much about this character. Mm. Like, because first we thought usually we thought he was a cop. You know, this is this is what usually cops do. They just shoot up buildings and do shit. But no, he doesn't. Like <laughs> cops. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, meet me outside. And Danny will learn. Danny worships Nick. Danny lives vicariously through Nick. And we'll learn that. Yes, he wants to be Nick, yeah. He was Nick. Exactly. So Danny is Dick. Dick, Dick Durbin. Dick, yes. Yeah. <laughs> His character always searches out for like that weaker, pathetic character to worship him kind of mm-hmm. thing. I know how that feels. And so they meet up outside. <laughs> And he's like, hey, I got something for you. They open it up, and the guy's like, hey, fucktard, you didn't read my rights, asshole, so I'm going to skate. And he's like, I'm not a cop. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Very uh, patient, very gentle, rest- considering how he treated him. Yeah, like telling a child something obvious. Yeah, he's, a, he's another civilian. He's standing his ground. These people, were caught, these people were caught red-handed doing a hate crime. So what's mm. the limitations there? Do you beat? Do you punch a Nazi in the face? The do you guy's punch a wanted criminal. He's wanted. He's a alive. cop killer. Yeah, he's a cop he's killer. They do mention that. Yes, yeah. So he's done yeah. it all. This guy is like a, a superstar in the world of crime. So but he, he assumed because his rights were being read to him that he would skate <laughs> on all of that shit. He, he did. Was, he did. He's not a smart guy. I would say he's been watching. He's doing his own research. But you guys didn't do your own <laughs> research in '87. You didn't have any way to do your research, no. right? Because there was no, no Google. Yeah, no Google. Exactly. So, so he gets his bounty. I don't know. It's like twenty-five grand or some shit. Like yeah, that. like Danny. Danny well, do you want to um. I think he actually mentioned fifteen thousand extra if he was still breathing. So I gave him actually forty grand. You know when he's doing the paperwork later on at um uh, at Nick's yeah. place, he's like, "Read the small print. Fifteen grand if he's still breathing." If it, would, it would, if he could still talk. If he could, okay, yeah, if he could still talk, yeah. So, but I guess yeah, not too he, not too badly hurt. And I mean, I yeah. the most of what he did is he broke his arm. I think he snapped his wrist backwards. Yeah, he he did say he broke my arm. And he, he smelled like shit. That's why I went in the trunk. <laughs> well, that was the fault of the guy, not Nick's. Danny sells it. He's like, ooh. He his nose. So Dan- he tells Danny, come meet me at my place. 
Danny's eyes light up. He's like, you better believe it. I, yeah, we don't know the connection <laughs> of this yet, but we can see the look on Danny's face. It's the same look Dick Durbin got when he, the first time, Di- oh my God. But well, we'll learn so, that. Oh One thing we learned about Danny, <laughs> he does not have sex every night with his wife. He never had sex because he's married. Well, Dick Durbin wasn't married. I know. That's the difference. Oh, okay. Danny never gets laid. I, I just love Danny the connection Durbin. I'm going to make here in like 45 minutes when we finally get to the point that's actually 10 minutes away from this point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Griff cannot wait to get there. Let's get him over there, Murray. Uh, by the time we get there, I will have forgotten. Nick and Albert, every, every rogue lone wolf needs their lair. And he's got the best. He's got a warehouse, Griff. <laughs> I, you know, I was actually wondering about that. Does he own the entire building or just the upper floor? Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay, that, that's a doubly awesome thing because he only really lives in like maybe 20% of the entire space available. Right. Yeah. If real estate wasn't such a fucking racket nowadays, I definitely would own my own factory and like <laughs> set it up to be like an art collective type of deal. But you can't do that anymore because any fucking real estate is going to be Ten billion dollars more than it should be valued at, and so we see he's got the, the alarms and shit on there. He's got the fucking car elevator. He's got the yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> he takes an elevator with his so car cool. to the second floor. I'm getting mad vibes of the Simpsons episode when Bart owned a factory. <laughs> I remember that? One. Yeah, I but did. <laughs> he, so he's got, like I said, he's got the car elevator. So he comes up to his top floors. I gotta ask, very, very serious. You maybe blocked this out of your brain. <laughs> he put on something that I'm pretty sure Boogaloo Industries put out from the <laughs> Apple. This music he was listening to, I was like, what the fuck is this crazy man who goes out and bounty hunts? What is he listening to? get this music and put it in here at this point. I found it a little irritating actually and it kind of annoyed me that after he gets there he goes to the stereo you know by where the furniture is and he just tunes the radio yeah. to the same fucking song I was hoping I for something else vibe, <laughs> Don't a great deal Vamos a escuchar. the life of the flesh is there Why when the marriage to tennis The former husband turned around Looked at me and held his ground And said But don't you know that But don't you know that
That's what I was thinking because it was like that song is really weird, and I like it. It is, yeah. Like DJs could get away with that shit, like experimental shit. Yeah, it was very strange. Um. So, anyways, we're 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 coming up to his house. We're seeing his warehouse layer. I guess I don't know what to call it. He's just like like Mel pointed out, or I think you pointed out, he's got like this. 15% 15% of the space is used for his living course. He's got the fucking Sonny Chiba workout uh, bench. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, like a chrome dumbbells. <laughs> oh, those are beautiful. He's got the basketball hoop. So you were probably thinking me and Rucker can do some, oh, man, we would totally. some hoops. Yeah. One-on-one. Winner gets to live on the bottom floor. <laughs> two shirts, two skins. Uh, I'd be... I don't know. I think I'd be sure it's... I'm I'm out of shape right now. <laughs> well, Rucker's dead, so he's probably <laughs> yeah. looking worse than you. <laughs> so he goes to his arsenal. <laughs> got the little room, kind of like broke down. It, 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 I don't know. It I, okay, I'm gonna, looking. I rarely get taken out of these movies. I'm in it. You know, when we started, I'm like, I'm in this world. I got taken out of this world immediately when he comes home, and the first thing he doesn't do is take a piss. <laughs> He's been out bounding. People don't hunting. go to the bathroom in movies. We know that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good wasted point. action. Yeah, thing, yeah. That's the first thing I would do in my action movie. The action hero will come home from a hard day and take a piss <laughs> because that's real. Like Murray drives forty-five minutes over to my house and he has to take a piss. Like yeah. this guy's bounty <laughs> hunting all day and doesn't take a piss. Well, hey, I don't say about that. <laughs> all I know is he. he He's got. He puts his his prized shotgun up. He's got like the mounted, mounted on the wall. What's the deal with his handcuffs? It's got well, because he's got a little fur trim on. It's kind of something like uh, it's uh, kink. It's like Lovers Lane kind of. Yeah, handcuffs. and so it's like he's got it's a leather bracelet that yeah. snaps. He's into some heavy bondage, yeah. And then it's handcuffed on the other side. So it's like, what effect does that have? I don't for know, you? but he lovingly like caressed it as he put it up. Then. Yeah, the whole outfit does have an S and M vibe. That little vest underneath, where he's holding those braces, the 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 you know the little bracelet cuffs things, and the gun does that does have a well that and the undershirt. Actually, I started to get a bit of a Bennett vibe actually from that outfit when he took off the overcoat. <laughs> well, there's another guy who gives off Bennett vibes later in the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you notice he goes out. He's got he. Shoot some hoops, but he doesn't. He starts hurling the ball at the wall. Very interesting. Yes. What's he battling with? Anyone? I have no idea. I want to say, up until that moment, that guy had never picked up a basketball in his life. Like, they, he literally just, <laughs> they had us on set. He just picked it up, and this American thing, wham, throws it against the wall, hits him in the face. <laughs> yeah, then he hits himself in the face. Which, <laughs> not to be, that was not planned. That no. was just like. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that was just him just ripping on the director. Let him do it. Just let him do whatever. Perfect, oh Rugger. Great, god. great. Oh Cut. my god. To think that if this movie were made today, they would leave out that scene because it wouldn't look him, make him look cool enough. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I just. That's how awesome he was, man. Even clumsiness. He made clumsiness look cool. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Danny arrives with the paperwork, and we start, like, you know, what's going on with your life? Because Danny just, everything, he's like, what's going on with your life? I have no life. I'm married. My life sucks. You know, despite <laughs> having a whole warehouse, he still has a table that's as small as our table. Like, we're, me and Murray are basically sitting on each other's laps. We're, our feet are constantly touching each other. It's awful. Um, 
You need to post pictures of that for the for social media. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, I don't like cleaning my house. It's it's. A... So like, Danny's like, what's going on? Got a new lady in your life? Like, I do. I'm seeing stewardess. Stewardess. Which Ooh. Griff? That was like the sexiest job a woman could have in like the sixties and seventies. Like you're you're you okay. you were fucking big time if you got a stewardess. okay. But we're in the eighties. Well, it was still it was getting phased out, much like mud wrestling it was getting phased out. Okay, but it was still the sexy job. But she's not just a stewardess. She's studying for her doctorate in anthropology, so she's Ooh. a stewardess with a brain. Anthropologist, I like it. And he's like, and it's been he's like three months. Dan's like three months. I know of a calcium <laughs> anthropologist. Then study of milkman. Right. <laughs> on your velcros so so point out, yeah like um danny is so intrigued like he just wants to know so much about details about nick's life like oh wow you got a girlfriend man what's she like (laughs) like man you got a girlfriend i got a wife (laughs) right he's like that's a record for you you're usually pump them and dump them yeah it's the silver anniversary (laughs) for you you're always picking up Imbos with their teenage under training undergarments, and so he's just like, no, I think this is the one. I think Terry's the one, and like Danny's like happy for him. Yeah, he's like, why? Well, why don't you give me more details? Because you're gonna go tell Louise. Louise was that her name? Yes. It was. Oh, I, I nailed it! Wow, I'm getting good at these things. It's Danny's old ball. Even the name is wifey, <laughs> Louise. Wifey. <laughs> And he's like, and you're going to want us to go on double dates? And I'm not having that. No, you know? I'm not having that. We're not doing couples dates. So Rucker has gotten up at this point, and he's come over, and he swings an arm underneath Danny in a hug, but then he reaches down and gets his gun. And I was like, what is yeah. happening in this scene? It's called Rucker. <laughs> he's just flowing. Man. Yeah. And, right? you, and when you're, you're acting against Rucker, you just flow with it. you just like, okay, I'm yeah. doing this. Just defer yeah, to the master, flowing. yeah. Yeah. He's checking the gun. I was like, do they teach you how to clean these things at the police academy? That's right, yeah. What the fuck? And then he just nonchalantly just, he's got a gun range, of course. It was know? like when a mom yes. takes your finger, your your hands and looks under your fingernails. Don't you clean these things, you know? He's very mothering to Danny. Nonchalantly just fires off Danny's gun, bullseye right in the middle of the forehead. Yeah. Was this, it might have been now or later, I can't remember, but Danny is just like, you... I know you. You want to get back into the action. You can't live without that target on your head. But that might be later. I can't remember. I think that's the la- they cut. That's the last of the scene. Oh. We cut to Malik, Gene Simmons' character, and he's like looking at these uh, detonators, and he's just like, "Hmm." This guy's like, "This one can go up to two mile radius." He's like, "I can't see my work if I'm two miles away." Mm. So we're just yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm, yeah. Voyeuristic aspect to his evil, too. So, at this point, we've seen maybe three minutes, three minutes, three minutes of Gene Simmons as a villain. Right. The less Gene Simmons you see, the better. Okay. So, like, he's doing great in this movie. <laughs> you don't see much of him. So, you're giving a thumbs up to Gene right now. Yeah. Mel, how are you feeling about uh, uh, Gene as a villain right now? He is the same villain that he was in Runaway, which was like maybe two years previous, and that he has this sort of um, like psychotic glaze on his eyes. He just has like a flat stare. Like he always looks the same, which is like um, 
how would I say, a slightly constipated and mm -hmm. like feeling superior, like a condescending look, like I'm better than you and I'm not afraid to tell you so, which is, I guess, the look he has. Well, in general, anything he does, interviews, anything he does is the same. It's just, I'm smarter than everybody in the room. Yeah. Because you can see that even the people working with him, like you can see that he treats them like underlings. There's no sense of brotherhood. They're just people that he's using for his thing. I I I see that he's basically time. playing Gene Simmons. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. essentially Gene, Gene Simmons. Yeah, I think he's doing a great job as a villain here. So now he's set up his first. Now he's in America's first act of terror. Well, you see, these people they hate our freedom. So what's the most freedom American thing you can do? Go to a matinee showing. Matinee? It's nighttime. I know, but they were charging matinee prices. Well, it was. Well, this movie was like three years old at the time, so maybe it's a dollar theater. It was. It did say this was a dollar theater. Yeah, okay. Or rather, this is a dollar theater. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. And was so, it a double feature or just one movie? Like, was it I Rambo just, only or was there something underneath Rambo at the parking? Okay. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't see the. I mean, I laserdisc it. I looked. <laughs> I inspected. I tried to turn Enhanced. the camera angle. I enhanced. You could not Jesus. see what was on the other side of the marquee. So I think it was just Rambo. I mean, based, you need. based on the explosion that we look at, I just kind of gave that away. But based <laughs> on what we see later, it looks like it's just a one, a single screen. Right. Uh, but he's got this beautiful woman who's just like with him constantly. Yes. True I, believer. What? True believer. Oh, Who's a true believer. I thought you were saying her name was Drew Believer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's all into it. They, so they, they're like a couple. They walk in. She's got a, uh, like a duffel bag full of dynamite. And he's just got the little like detonator thing. Uh, did the dynamite have a laser beam on it? It did. It had a laser target on it. Okay. And they're they split up. Like she goes to them. He's like, I gotta take a dump, so I'm going over here. Oh yeah. But no, he's not taking a dump. We well, can take <laughs> a dump on freedom because he goes to like the furnace room. He's got a little like glue gun that he like uses to like unlock the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, multi pick is what they call that. And he opens it up. Multi tool. And he puts it right in the furnace, like right next to the flame. Yeah. Do they really need? It's like. L.A., do we need the furnace running at this time? I mean, I didn't think they used the furnace. Oh, if you're a native of L.A., it's 65 probably is too cold for you. Like, we're in the up here where we live, like, 45 is a great day in the winter, but in L.A., 65 is... Like, you need to break yeah. out the heavy-duty uh, jacket. Yeah, no, I mean, same for us. Like, 45 in the wintertime, you get, you get all the people running around in shorts up here. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a great day. It's, ah, oh, nice, spring is coming. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, the girl, she goes to the theater. It's like there's 10 minutes left to the movie. And this guy's like, what? what you going to wait? Like, like, Pony, I've seen this four times. This is my favorite part. You see how America – I think – all right, guys, we're going on Griff's uh, speculation path here. <laughs> I think she was really into America. I think she's been here a while. She was starting to get into it. She was starting to uh, – you know, believe in the American industry and everything. She, I, I, I could have swore I saw a capitalism rule sticker. You're absolutely wrong, and we'll learn that at the end of the movie, that she's a total true believer. Holy I was going to say, yeah, something. She does something towards the end of the movie that displeases Gene Simmons, we let's say. Gene Simmons is the guy who's not the true believer. He just likes to hurt people. Oh. Yes, yeah, he's just sadistic, and he's got these people convinced that he's the Messiah or the anti-Messiah. 
I thought I had this woman pegged. No, I thought I had no. her figured out. I she thought pegged, she, she pegged you. She pegged me. And, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It was warm. So she goes in there, and I guess just leaves the bag, and then walks back out. Like, cause they walk out. They they, they just bought a ticket. This isn't suspicious at all. It's like going. It's like I don't want to bring up nine eleven, but it's like going to learn how to fly a plane Dude, and not learn how to land. Not it's learn how to land. <laughs> it's a dollar theater on a Saturday at like one in the morning. They get all kinds of weird folks just coming in there. They're... One in the morning, there's a family with small children that's coming in. <laughs> and I can show you how creepy Malik is. He's the correct. I was gonna place. say, you noticed that too? What he did to the little girl. Yeah. Oh, I missed this. It I was, was probably was writing. So, like skeezy. Like yeah, like the mom looked over. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, I missed this. Was yeah, this no, he just very casually just runs his hands over the little girl's like hair, and like the mom is like, what the fuck? Oh, that's yeah, I'm like weird. You see, yeah. Is it good that nowadays you want to get away with that? Like you yes. get suplexed into oblivion for that? Kind yes, of yeah. Okay. We live in better times, I guess. We have to be grateful that shit like that. That guy immediately will be on the sex offender list. <laughs> so he crosses the street to the payphone, makes a call, calls in the the, the company, CIA, FBI. Was, you know who that was? That was fucking Frank from that Lauren Avedon movie. <laughs> no. You know the mustache. Oh no! And he just like <laughs> it's me, Malik. He's like, hot. No, let me look this <laughs> up, buddy. He's like it says right here, Malik is in Yemen. You're not Malik. He's like. <laughs> Oh, right yeah, here on my yeah. little, my dead weight computer. My Commodore 6400. Oh, man. <laughs> He's like, it is Malik. If you want, how about listen to this? And he just puts, he puts a receiver, like, hangs it on the, the payphone. Oh, okay. Hits Just so we can hear. Hits the detonator, fucking blows up the movie theater. Okay. And then he's like, he's like. Buddy, I still don't believe it. He's right. Like, he's like, you will because I'm going to leave a little present for you. And he presses his hand right on the window of the payphone. Part of Malik's uh, intention here is that he doesn't want any other terrorist group to take claim over his right, yeah. uh, work here. This is his work. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. Make sure. Yeah. So he leaves the handprint. So now they can know that it is. Because they have his fingerprints, apparently. And he knows that they know. So we always thought that. Nick lived in this in this lair. No, 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 no. Nick lives on a boat. Oh God, this was kicking dirt in my face. We this learned a couple the, weeks ago I'm not a boat man. But this is the automatic symbolism man. of what a like a lone wolf cop lives. You got to live on a boat because you're free. You can just leave anytime you want. Right. You know that that symbolizes freedom. That's why boats. Right. And, and that's I, more freedom. Oh, go ahead. And that bounty hunting is paying well because he has. That's a warehouse where he could probably turn that into apartments, and it's massive. It's like massive open space. He's only using a fraction of that space, and then he has a boat that he only visits once in a while. I'm gonna guess. I mean, this is the address he gives to the women. He's the bimbos, the bimbets. Yeah, because he doesn't. He hasn't told her what he does. He, I think he told her he's in securities. I think because of something that happens that we'll get into shortly. It, it was kind of kind of cool how they did that because Danny asked some. Did you tell her what you do? I told her what I did. Mm. Interesting. So, and there's a little like little pun because the boat's called the HMS Bounty. You know, oh wow! I never pick up on that. Bounty hunter. I didn't either. Murray over here. See, I wanted to be the seaman, and you're the seaman. <laughs> what the fuck? 
The boat looks like shit, guys. It, well, needs, yeah. it needs to be scraped. It needs to be painted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what he's working towards. The interior he invested was... <laughs> so much in the warehouse. He left the boat, you know. Well, the interior was looking great. It was. He had stucco finish on it. Well, stuff works, you know. Like you, we find out when they're having like a Denny's breakfast. The kitchen works. Everything works. I mean, they got coffee. They got everything. It's just he's not too concerned with the look. I guess he's doing the bare minimum to keep it legal. I guess on the on the dock, on the harbor. Yeah, it's that. Well, yeah, because even the paint, like the HMS bounty, was obviously it's, it's, he just painted himself. Yeah, it was so crooked and shit. <laughs> on the outside fucking rod stewart on the inside you got to grab a handful of that hair and just thrust so he gets to his boat and his lady friend terry's already there reading her anthrop he's working on her thesis and all this shit yeah don't we get a little jump scare introduction here didn't he spook her out a little he bit probably did yeah and we we like hey how was your day and they you know do the shit the chit chat you do and she's like look i got a present for you He's got all this like bounty hunter memorabilia, like wanted, wanted posters, posters yeah. and everything. And this is where we tie in to the TV show because she goes, oh. here's this harmonica, this antique harmonica. This isn't something she just got from anywhere. This makes sense because the show you said was a Western. Right. And the, all the one. I was wondering why there was. Oh, OK. I didn't catch that either. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, this belonged to uh, Yosemite Sam, uh, the most rootin' shootin' gun. Oh, okay, yeah. So I guess they might have been implying that Rutger Hauer was maybe uh, Steve McQueen's great-grandkid, <laughs> something like that. Exactly what it was, Mel. Good. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool then, man. I like that. That's like a very subtle home match without beating you over the head. Like, that's how they would do it nowadays if they remake this movie, which, fingers crossed, hopefully they never will. Right, right, and so she brings up this Jebediah character, and he's like, "Well, my my grandfather taught me about this guy, and he whatever the name of the character it was, I think it was Josh Randall was the character from yeah. the Steve McQueen show." And he's like, "And he was pretty awesome too." And then he starts playing uh, "You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine" on the harmonica, and she's like, "Wow, that that sucks. You need to work on that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it Come on, it's pretty impressive for the first time. So you know, we we see that they're they're in a loving relationship. This is the this is the one for him, Griff. He, all the other women, he's never loved. He's finally found a woman he loves. Well, they were all bimbos. Exactly. This one is an anthro anthropology. God, I can't. If it has more than eight letters, I cannot say it. It's impossible. <laughs> Anthropologist. So he like they just. I we're assuming they just go to the bone zone. It had to be the harmonica solo. She was trying to say she didn't like it, but clearly it had like a a, a, a Pied Piper effect on her, and she was just she was just getting on the floor again naked right there. Right, but we fade out. This is a tasteful movie. It is very don't, tasteful. Don't see any banging? Have we ever seen <laughs> Rucker without a shirt on? Even I don't think so. No, except in Blade Runner. Salute yeah. to the... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Blade Runner. He's, well, he's in spandex, I think. I'm not sure what you would call those shorts he was wearing. I don't remember. I gotta watch Blade Runner again to see... I gotta see this bod. Does he got a good tan? <laughs> he had a great tan in Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> he had a neon tan. Son in that movie. That's right. like one but, of the... But he's a robot. You can have a tan robot. That's a good point. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna guess that that was a choice, that he chose to show less and less with each movie as the decade went on. He was getting a little chunky. Like, he was, uh, yeah, and this movie is show, so imagine a decade later by the time he gets to wedlock. 
which was around 96, I think. 96, 95? Uh, early 90s. I, I want to say 92. Oh, it's early in the night. Okay. Yeah. But I could imagine oh, him, like, wanting to do less and less action at that point. Then. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he stuck with the shirtless long enough. I mean, Seagal didn't go shirtless from day one, so. Thank God. Thank God. Next morning, he's cooking up some bacon and sausage for his lady love. Hell yeah. And he makes her take both. He's like, want some bacon? No, we were having both. Yeah, bacon, <laughs> sausage? No, neither. You're getting both. And I'm getting both. And do you want coffee? And he's Great. got his brand new Chicago Bears 1986 Super Bowl champion shirt It said Super Bowl two though. I don't know what that was about because it was not. <laughs> You sure you weren't reading it wrong? Do you know your Roman numerals, bro? <laughs> I don't, but I do know I I. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was I I. Uh, we'll have to check the tape. <laughs> Wait, is that another boat joke? Because the captain <laughs> from Simpsons always says I I. Oh, every, yeah. Every oh wow. Is that a, yeah, it's yeah. not a Simpsons reference. But maybe it is a photo <laughs> reference in this movie. This predates the Simpsons by a few years. Scene? I'm gonna say. Yeah, he's a big Refrigerator Perry fan, so he's got the he's proudly <laughs> wearing his his. his. Oh, and God. then, uh, guy shows up. Benson from uh, Robert Guillaume played Benson in the '80s sitcom. Benson shows up. Oh, yes, and he is from the the company. Here's what's uh, me and Maria have already proved this fact across uh, the two of us. Mel, what name did they give him right here? Uh, G-Lom's character? Yeah. Wait. Oh, wow. I don't remember. You put me on the spot. Damn. Wasn't it, um, Mr. Castle? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, no. We're talking about what the, what the character Rucker and uh, Terry call him when the, he pops in the room here. Oh, um. Oh, man. I cannot remember. You got me? Okay. Because these motherfuckers messed up our notes for like an hour and a half i was calling this guy bill so was i i think i swear we gotta check the tape again after we check the super bowl shirt yeah check the tape i think because he was making up a name because he didn't want mel yeah he did he totally did that because gilam just popped up he just showed up unannounced and he just made up the whole thing about we're gonna discuss business and all that it was yeah it was just to keep what he does uh, that's, uh, yeah. Well, for a little longer. I think at some point he was. He was going to say, but at the moment, it's just, dude, you kind of fucked me over by just showing up like this. I mean, right. he was expecting him. He said, oh, yeah, that's right. You were coming over today. Was he, I didn't think he was yeah. expecting him at all. No, I don't think so. No, I think he just said that yeah, to appease to, for her, he said that. He might have just. He's the only guy who can do this. Like, he doesn't know that Malik's in America yet, Nick. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It's on the TV, but he hasn't made the connection yet. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So he was, again, just trying to play it off like he was expecting this. Like, yes. I live a normal life. Right. These suits don't just show up at my houseboat every yeah, day. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So he's okay. like, yeah, this is my friend Bill, my insurance adjuster. I'll, 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 we got to talk about the boat. So they walk off. And then this is where we get, you know, uh, uh, the whole spiel that Phil. Yeah, we. I swear we're right. He called him Bill, but his character's name is Phil. Yes. And he worked, they used to work in the, I'm using air quotes, the company. Mm-hmm. The company. We're assuming CIA. We don't mm-hmm. fucking know. Yeah. I think it, it, later it, on they do say it. They actually do say CIA. Yeah, but at the moment it's just oh, the company. 
Okay, cool. And like you, classic rogue cop, he's like, or rogue bounty hunter, he's like, I'm out. I'm not coming back. And he's like, Alec, involved. And then he's like, hmm, how much is this gonna? Co- how much does this pay? It's got to be at least two hundred k. He asked for two hundred k. And yeah. then Bill, uh, Phil, Bill Phil. And he says, I want immunity. Total immunity. He's like, I can give you that shit. Yeah. But I can oh, don't forget the bonus. Don't forget the 50K bonus if he is brought in alive. Which eventually um, he decides he doesn't want in a spectacular fashion. Oh, yeah. That, that was a beautiful. When he added that on there, I was like, this is going to come back full circle. It was it pays off amazing. Yeah. He knew the price. It was 200 if he got it 50, done. 250 k Murray, we got to wait a minute. We got to clean our patient <laughs> shoes here. It was 200 if he got him. 250 if he got him in the first week. Okay. They wanted Oh, okay, there you go. Terrorists, they couldn't catch, period. They were like, if you get him, though, in the first week, because you're just that good. And then Nick's like, look, I'm only working through you. And he's like, and then uh, Bill goes, well, Lipton's in on this case. And then we learned that there's this jealous bitch named Lipton. He's like, I made yeah. this fucking guy. What the fuck? Is that? I don't want to work with this asshole. This is why I left the company. Yeah. Because he's a total, like, suit. He, like, you know, he's a slimy motherfucker who's just worrying about, like, yeah. the ladder, you know. He doesn't care about Very you know, appropriate that they named him after a shitty soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, let me get into our commercial today. Lipton Soup is sponsored Golden Globus Theater. <laughs> and tea also, like some other tea that I don't think anybody ever has enjoyed. I get the Paul Newmans. All, it's a non-profit. Nest, I take the Nest Tea Plunge myself. Yeah, so, so well, they morphed into that. Okay. Like, it's Malik. And then we learn these guys have history. Yeah. It's like Malik. I'll fucking do it. He's like, he left his handprint. We need the best, Nick. We need you. And then he's just like, all right, but I, I only work through you. I don't want anybody tailing me. Because throughout this movie, they're constantly tailing Nick. Yes, and he says, no It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they're not good at it. But Yeah, know. and then there's like other people surveilling the first. So it's like tails surveilling tails. Like it, it, it shows, yeah. I guess, bureaucracy at its best. Just so much, yeah. so many people getting in each other's way. Like, this is why you got to have a loader like Nick. That's the only way to do it right. It's how you end up with a 9-11. Sorry to bring that up, but if you've listened to the whole story about how 9-11 happened, it's because of all the fucking bureaucrats who were just like, eh, it's probably not that bad, actually. Yes, yeah. With other people. Oh, let's get me off my wagon here and back into Rucker's hair. I just want to rub my face in that So hair. this is what I don't want to lose <laughs> We, we, we already explained the, how the, the money. <clears throat> yes. And he's like, how much do I get if I bring him in alive? 50K extra. He's like, nice to know how much I'll lose. I'm not even going to cash that shit in. Oh, I it love it. It's personal. So they got to go to the scene of the crime. Yep, they're going right there. And, you know, of course, Nick's like, or, yeah, Nick's like, I got to go tell Terry that, you know. Oh, no, don't worry about Terry. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, well, you know. Her stewardess friend, her coworker, she had a call in sick today. Diarrhea. Did just gave her venice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the flu. <laughs> yeah, they were like Terry's leaving, leaving a note for you right now. <laughs> she got everything. She got COVID. 
Yeah. Oh, oh boy. And so Nick, well, I saw some ivermectin in his cupboard, so she'll be good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they got the '80s version of ivermectin, whatever they used back then for horses. Yeah, yep. I, I, it, it still had the horse on the bottle, and it was the toothpaste, the uh, teeth paste style. So you knew it was the good shit. They just yeah, gotta they, they, they got every like Bill's got everything covered. He's oh. just like our Bill Phil. Okay. Bill <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go back and forth. <laughs> uh, we should, but we probably will. And so now they go to the scene of the crime. They're at that movie theater. Yeah. And it's really not a lot of damage for like a, a whole duffel bag full of dynamite. It's just everything's charred. Yeah, considering the furnace, considering all that shit, nothing really. Yeah, well, more flame than force, I guess. More flame than destructive, like shockwave, I guess you could say. Yeah, but there's yeah, that little cool. moment where they're walking through the crime scene and he steps on a doll, like a little doll. I, I'm wondering if it was that little girl's doll that we saw earlier. Yes, it was, Mel. It's, it's a callback. I. Oh, wow. I like it worked. I mean, I was like. Kill those motherfuckers. Get them all. Torture them. This is also a callback. Well, not a callback, but split second calls back to it because he says to the doll, I know you saw something. <laughs> the doll did see. <laughs> yeah, these dolls could talk. Eagle-eyed eagle Nick, he spots a detonator. He's just like, this is some grade-A shit. This isn't just your mama's fucking, you know, detonator. Uh, yeah. This is this like NASA-level. I, I don't know why NASA would have detonators, but he's like, this is NASA-level detonator. <laughs> yes. This isn't your typical microwave chip. And I know all about my microwave timing. This is this is the big dog shit right here. Well, they're walking out, and then we Lipton's out there just bo- ordering people around, not getting anything done. He's like... He's like, this tea is too cold. Throws in someone's face. <laughs> and then Nick sees them. And Drinking the Lipton tea. What's their act? Did they actually cross eyes here? They don't interact. They just spot each other. Oh, I don't know if uh, it was that Nick ignored him or that he didn't see him. But Lipton definitely noticed him. I gave him like a dirty look. Yeah. I, didn't I don't know if Nick was just, I had no time for you, Luther. I got out of my way. Like, I'm working. Yeah. Because we stick around after Nick and Phil leave, and we just get Lipton talking to the fat cop. I There were two characters who, in my notes, are just fatty. <laughs> okay. Because I forgot their fucking—well, the one was Farnsworth. Yeah. With his nice Sharpie tattoo on his arm. You don't need to know this guy's name. He yeah. Just... Fat cop, we don't need to know. But Lipton steps out looking very Nixon. Right. I think that was purposeful. Yeah. We wanted him to look like a weaselly motherfucker. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. Weaselly. Classic, classic weasel. So, like, yeah, so, uh, they're, uh, t- get, we cut, uh, this, and the scene is that. Well, yeah, f- Fat Cop says, uh, something like, how do you feel about Randall coming into this situation? Nick Randall, Dr. Howard's <laughs> name. Would you do what we're gonna do to a pal? Because they don't, they're like, he was asking if Phil knew about what they were doing. Right, yeah, so Lipton is gonna actually use a terrorist, it, much like you were talking about 9-11, he's gonna get, pers- get personal shit, like, business taken care of, like, the grudges with Nick with the fucking terrorists. And he's, he's like, who cares if we catch the terrorists or not? I'm going to get this motherfucker. Yeah. I have no idea. You think government and, you know, the resources available for a petty grudge. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So he's trying, he's trying to circulate things so he gets Nick off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or at least, like, embarrassed or make it look like an ass. Emba- I think it, it was more that embarrassed or, or maybe hoping that, um, that uh, Malak would do some like would shoot him, 
Because I, uh, uh, maybe I'm, no, never mind. I'm going to stop here because I might be getting spoiled with what I'm saying next. So go ahead. It's okay. This is a, it's 9-11. It's a day for conspiracy theories. And we oh, learned okay. that Malik is, a, <laughs> Malik is a total attention whore. So he actually sent one of his underlings to take photos of the damage. And not only that, he got pictures of Nick. Yeah. So the guy comes back. He just got him developed. He's just like, how do you like these? We go to 1309 Ocean Avenue where they have their, you know, like their house headquarters. And he's like eating a sandwich with his girlfriend. He's like, how did you feel about that sandwich? After last week's embarrassment of a sandwich? (laughs) Everything in it, dude. The bread wasn't too big for you? No, it was perfect. I was offended by the bread. I was shocked he was was eating a sandwich. I thought he had a nice falafel or, you know. They do (laughs) operate out of a falafel shop. I was going to say, there is one later on. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask Murray if he's ever had falafel. I just had it last week. Did you really? If I ever had falafel. What the I fuck don't you know. I actually have never had falafel. <laughs> oh, you got to get some falafel. Well, tasty yeah, treat. I look for a local place. We have uh, places, but it just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't seem substantial enough. Uh, it's probably a terrorist organization working outside <laughs> of it like this movie. <laughs> what am I I'll go over there to buy something and I'll be, hey, so uh, you seen Nick lately? A week ago. I told you about the story about how I ordered the food. That's right. And then they're like, we gave your food to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fuck. But you just told me shawarma. You didn't tell me <laughs> I falafel. I had falafel with it. It was oh, very nice. God. Yeah, falafel is uh, beautiful. I, I like to do nice it as a lunch. Meats. You get it with the lentil soup. Oh, it's it's wonderful. So Sounds uh, perfect for winter now that it's getting cold soup. Yes. Nice Plan- Lipton soup. Plan that out. <laughs> tell Murray about it on Twitter. He notices Nick in the picture. He's first, like, first of all, he's like, the framing of these pictures is awful. He like, yeah. totally cuts. This guy's like so excited to show his photo. I love what's happening in this terrorist house, too. Scaffolds all in the background. There's people hanging. People hanging off of shit everywhere. He's crouched, like, <laughs> sitting in the corner with his back against the wall. He's got his. She pours uh, him a cup of m- coffee. You notice that? Like, he had, uh, she pours a cup of coffee, and then you see him sipping the coffee. Yeah. And then it's like, oh man, I didn't see a put sugar or cream. It's like gross. Like I cannot drink coffee. Like, well, that's the only way I drink my coffee. So, oh man, no. Drinks coffee as we'll learn later. <laughs> so yeah, he's like this guy. I want him dead. Yeah. So next we see Phil. He's he's his his quads are a little feeling tight. He's like, I need a little workout. <laughs> He stopped at the old gold gym. Well, let's let's be honest. Phil's got a great tan going, so he's like, I gotta get these yeah, muscles flowing. Exactly. He's black. He's the best tan <laughs> of all. And, and he's like, Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work, work. It's it's leg day. Shows up at Gold's gym. The guy lets him in. He's like, Hey, Phil. He's a regular. Yes, yes, yes. And then he goes by. It his... is a beefcake behind the counter. Yes. They're yeah. Perfect. I love that they choose Gold's Gym as that. Like, uh, that's another little throwback. I don't think there are any Gold's Gym in the country left anymore. But at one point, that was like a chain that was coast to coast. Yeah, I'd imagine they still exist, probably just on the West Coast, though. I feel like maybe yeah, like maybe a few in LA. It's almost like Kmart. Like there might be one in the Midwest somewhere, one in the Pacific Zone. They probably actually sell lentil and uh, falafel. <laughs> <laughs> they double hit on by like an Arab guy, so he sells falafel on like soup on the side. Yeah, protein. So they 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 buzz him in a door, and this is a front for the company. Griff, this isn't a gym. We got guys working. We see Lipton in the background lurking. Yeah, it's a cool shop. I like it. Goes to yeah, I, office, I love that sequence too. It's very cinematic. Yeah, 
calls up Nick. Nick's on his boat, and he's just like, Nick's like, oh, come on. You got to sell this up a little bit more because he sits down at his desk. He's got a duffel bag because he's trying to hide the fact that he's going into a gold's gym to be, you know, a CIA spook, you know? So yes, yeah. He's got a duffel bag. Yeah, he pulls he pulls the little detonator that they already looked at. He pulls it out of the bag, and he's just looking at it. And then there's also that little device that's just beeping green connected to his phone, we suppose. That's that's the best I can do. I guess it's it. a bug tracer. Yeah, that's because the, when he, he um, I'm sorry. After that, he calls Nick, and Nick won't, doesn't want to talk at first because you know he thinks he might be bugged. But no, I just checked myself. It's good. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah, he taps it, and he goes. I got the tracer on the phone right here, buddy. And it's beeping green. So as an audience, you know it's safe. Green right. It's safe, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Red danger. Exactly. And Nick's like, well, they might not be bugging the phone, but I got somebody watching me right now. He's yeah. got his little pirate periscope. He's like yep. looking out. And we see Henderson. Well, we'll, who's the character that plays into it later on? He was watching him. Mm-hmm. And, like, Phil's like, I don't know anything about this. And he doesn't because this is Lipton's guy. Because, you know, Phil promised, like, I'm only the only one who's going to work through you. So he's like, What's going on with you, Phil? I thought we weren't going to have any tails on me. Yeah. But Phil's calling straight to business. Look, man, that detonator we found, you were right. We need your was. brain. This is massive <laughs> shit. And there's only one company that produces this detonator. And you're not going to believe this. There were two robberies in the past six months. I'm so glad you caught this because I <laughs> yes. did not give a shit. <laughs> Eight detonators are, are, are missing. Eight. And so, and yeah, he said there's two separate robberies. And we have one, the guy from the first robbery. He's locked up right now. And Nick's like, hmm. I might, he says his wheels start turning. I might want to talk to that guy. And while he's talking, he starts, he pulls out a little baggie. He throws his wallet in there. Throws, he's looking around. He's like, what else do I need to throw in here? Thinking about his valuables, people. Puts the harmonica in there. Harmonica, yeah. It's become valuable because it's a gift from her. Yeah, harmonica, of course, was a gift from Terry. And then he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Gets the fruit roll up. He might be tired after a swim. So he's like, I need that sugar rush. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to play a fucking prank on this asshole. A book of matches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah. So he just slightly sleeks off the back of his boat, frogman style. Oh, like man. Women. He, he is a perfect otter in this moment. I was like, is that Rucker Hauer or, or, or an otter Hauer? <laughs> he, he, he was floating his back and he had his valuable stomach. Roly-poly. <laughs> so he outfoxes Henderson because he's like, hey, what are you doing? Jump scare on Henderson. Yeah, he lights the match and tosses it in his lap. And <laughs> right so he's, his oh! <laughs> yeah, he freaks out. Well, you would. He got a fucking matchbook on your dick. Oh, yeah. That... <sighs> and then he breaks a bottle and puts it right up against his throat. Yeah, he cut him a little bit. He actually dug into the skin a little, too. Yeah, you got fucking around. You don't mm, like yeah. Oh, your boss. I'm still at the, on the boat or some shit like that. And then he grabs the gear shift and rips it off the fucking car. Yeah, that was cool, man. Just broke it clean off. <laughs> oh, God. This shot, because they do most of the shot from inside the car looking out, that is a terrifying sight. Think about that. This beautiful golden-haired mulleted man standing over you, throwing matches, breaking a bottle, getting ready to stab you, ripping off your gear shift. That was terrifying. I loved it. I felt yeah, it. Yeah, and he's good at that. He does that so well. 
Yeah. He did a lot of that in the Hitcher, and we see a little bit of that in that that, that scene. Yeah. Well, Henderson agrees with you because he pisses his pants. He's like, "Whatever you say, I'm not gonna. You're on the boat. That's yeah. all I know." A little dookie. <laughs> little dookie. Little dookie. So he goes back to his lair, and we see Danny like kid on a bicycle. He's got his Harley. He's like, Wee! he's like running or driving around. The... This scene would. Not yeah. For me. <laughs> oh. After all this cool, calm, quiet shit, and then suddenly we're in a giant warehouse where this man is riding a Harley in it. Because like, his wife won't let him have a Harley. So this is the only time he can ride it, Griff, is at his buddy's place. Yeah, I know. That's so handpicked. Like, you got this bike, but you keep it in your friend's house. Right. Total pussy whip. But like we said, he's... <laughs> totally. Yeah. Nick. So, Nick's like, hey, buddy, if you want to keep riding that Harley, you got to do a little something for me. I need to talk to this guy that was involved with this detonator robbery. His name's Luis. He's like, I, I think I can do that for you. And he does it for him. We, they set up in a little interrogation room. We see Luis. Cliche. He's got the fucking uh, hairnet on. He's smoking a Cuban cigar. And he ain't telling shit. He's just like, fuck you, cops. I ain't telling shit. Mm. And, and then Nick's like, uh, Danny, can you get us some coffee? And he's like, how do you, and, and, and respectfully, Nick asked him in Spanish what kind of coffee he wants. And the guy's like, I'd like a little cream, a little sugar. And he's like, all right, he wants cream and sugar. I'm a man. I'll have it black. Yeah, and, like, uh, and, like Griff. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, Danny's like, right away, sir, I'll get that coffee. He walks out, winks at fucking Nick. Well, what he does is he fucking leans over to what's what's the perp's name? Luis. Did you mention the cigar? Yes. Okay. Luis, he whispers into Luis, hey, I'm sorry, man. And then he walks out. Like, what are you, what are you sorry about? So, Danny closes the door, and he's biting his fingernails. <laughs> the joy is dripping off his face. He's just glowing in this moment. And yeah. then he peeks over... Yeah, he peeks over his shoulder into the little peephole <laughs> window there. It's not a two-way mirror room. No, it's, 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 just a, it's a door with a little uh, window. window in it. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he just... You can clearly see, like, Danny's, like, eyes, like... like oh, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't care. <laughs> he wants to see Nick do some damage. Right. Remember, Nick's not a cop, so he can. He doesn't have, right. he's not read anybody's rights. Exactly. He's like... Tell me where you got where you who you sold the detonator. Who did you do this robbery for? Like I ain't telling you shit, man. He's like, oh really? And then he gets up. And I don't remember. Did he just did he do something with a the cigar? They put it on the guy's face or something? Mel, you remember what happened here? Um. Well, he, I think he uh, bent one of his fingers back. Didn't break it, but like put enough pressure to make him tell him the name of the guy, which I can't remember. <laughs> Louise. <laughs> Was it, wait, no, like he, uh, Luis told him the name of the guy that he sold the. Yeah, Farnsworth. Yeah. Yes, he Farnsworth. Yeah, that's uh, just enough. He didn't break the finger, but just enough to give him to give up the name. Okay. okay. So we got a name. Uh, he, uh, uh, Murray just said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's 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 ready to go. He and he. He's heading over to Farnsworth's place. And that's where our uh, the audience is going, because we just cut in on this family. With family, this couple. Holy shit, yeah, Jesus. Talk about being together. True love. These are the type of shots I fucking love. You know, I was going off about how great uh, Danny Glover's family was in Lethal Weapon. 
they just look very real. This looks very real. I love the only thing not real about this scene is his tattoo. Everything else I fucking love about this house. It's kind of dirty, kind of cluttered. It's, it's cluttered. It's so middle class, like trash. It is, yeah, just oh, junk so all over, like you said. And and I couldn't stop looking at the his wife's dress. It looked like he had like tic tac toe patterns on it, and then like slashes of color, like white, that's uh, yellow at some point. Like, just what the hell is that? I get we're deep in the eighties at this point. Like... She's making like chili, some like mystery meat. I shit. think like, I, I think it was either a sloppy Joe or a chili, <laughs> something you would eat with the Frito because they had bags of Fritos everywhere. But what she does with it in a minute here that I have to talk about is so fascinating because I love this about her. She chewed up the scenery here. So um, yeah, 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 yeah. The fat dude is just hanging. Out. Farnsworth's hanging out. Hey, your favorite show's on, babe. It's fucking wrestling, dog. Ron Garvin is about to go up against fucking Ivan Koloff, and I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this match forever. It actually forever. was the Strangler. Yeah, the Strangler. Is that a real wrestling? I'm sure there was a Strangler. Um, yeah, sure I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. I'm sure there's been Stranglers. Yeah. Wrestling. I was like, that is such a generic name. They're probably out Yeah, so they're flipping the script because we're thinking this fat slob loves wrestling. No, his fat slob wife loves wrestling. She, yeah. Babe, your show's on. I was like, no way. This is fucking great. This is great. And there's a knock at the door. It's like, you're going to get that, babe? It's like, fuck you. This is my favorite show. You get the door, <laughs> fat like, All right. Hey, look, marriage is about, you know, uh, whatever whatever they say about marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say about marriage. Oh, that's what marriage is. Oh, doing. Griff the poet <laughs> with you today. Oh, open the door. <laughs> Fucking Nick just walks right in. Well, he does a Griff. You're right. a vintage Griff. He vintage Griff. Immediately rifling through all their shit. He's yeah. Like, what do you he's got like, here? Well, yeah. He's like, what do you? He's got a lot of shit. Yeah, buying or selling. He takes his hand, shakes, and goes, "Uh, shit, I forget." Collecting. <laughs> Collecting. And then he starts immediately just going through the CDs, mm-hmm. going uh, through the fucking uh, VHS. He and you like, know it's a classic Griff move because he walks into the run ro- one room and he turns the ceiling fan on. What was the point of that? Classic power move, dude. A power power move. Power power. I mean, that, 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 yeah, that wasn't in the script, Griff. That was a record, like, I feel like he needed cool intentions. Every night. He was kind of sweaty. like um... Power power. Go ahead. <laughs> That's all you'd say. Okay, so he, yeah, he turns on the turns on the the uh, the ceiling fan, and he grabs a, a a golf club, and he's just like, "I'm gonna take this with me." And the guy's like, "What are you doing, man? What the fuck?" You know, like this guy's he's discombobulated. You've had a stranger walk in your house and start rifling through your shit. You're you're confused. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, his, the, the, uh, he's what? talking about like he's an accomplice of uh, uh it's a Luis or uh, I forgot his name. Luis. Yeah, he's yeah, talking Luis. like he's an accomplice. Like, hey, uh, what you gave him, he had signed enough. He wants more. So he's coming off like yeah. he's associated with Luis. And that, I guess that guy, that has Farnsworth's attention. Yeah, because Farnsworth was like, I gave him the cigars. The cigars he was smoking, those were beautiful cigars. Columbo had cigars like that. And he's like, I try to get him an early uh, early exit from prison. He's like, I yeah, he, he did quite a bit for Jose, yeah, for Luis, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing stereotype names there. Nick is, <laughs> well, he was a total stereotype. He had a hairnet on. He had a hairnet So, Nick yes, is yeah. getting frustrated this time. So he just wails on him with the fucking he takes golf him, club. He takes him into the living room, and he's still talking to him. Wife, 
is eating the chili porridge, uh, uh, sloppy Mystery right meat, whatever. Fucking, yeah, I loved it. She's eating right out of thing. She's just, <laughs> Ronnie Garvin's on the screen. She's you guys, gross. you were right to talk about whatever fabric she's wearing. I recognize it. That is something Jimmy Hart had on a suit. She was wearing a Jimmy Hart <laughs> fabric uh, as a dress. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't stop staring at that thing. It was so distracting. Yeah. It was Ginty-level distracting. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. He starts pummeling him with the fucking golf club, pins him against the, like, I think it was a piano or some shit. It was a piano, yes, you could tell because it played, uh, you know, I won't talk about it. I won't go full music nerd here. Who are the guys you sold those detonators to? He just break. He's the ruse is over. Now he just wants some fucking facts. And the wife has finally put her tin of whatever down, and she's up there too. And you think she'd be hysteric trying to pull Rucker off, but she's like, "Tell him everything now. I'm sick of this. I missed yeah. the fucking climax of the match because of this bullshit. Give, <laughs> just tell him everything." And he fucking blabs, and then. Rucker notices, excuse me, Nick, he's this his character, notices a frame picture of Farnsworth from Nam with his Nam buddies, grabs that picture. He's like, hmm, you made it on, out of Nam alive, did you? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Good. A lot of good guys didn't. Sick burn. And he just fucking drops the picture and walks out. Yeah. And we learned that uh, the, uh, where does this Abdul Renza guy come from? Well, I think Nick. I he gets, gets the name from Barnsworth. Yes, he gets the name from Barnsworth. Because yeah, because okay, yeah, because uh, Renza hired Barnsworth. Obviously, like a middleman, so uh, he hired Barnsworth to get the detonators, and then he subcontracted to Louise. So sure. that's that's basically what it is. Sure. So now we got a new uh, lead. Right. So he and... calls in the he calls into Phil Bill, and he's <laughs> like, Abdul <laughs> Renza, get me his info. He's like, we'll do that. Warm up the Commodore. So we got, uh, what was the name of the guy? Throw in that floppy five and a quarter. Computer guy. What was the computer guy? Frank. Frank. I got it, buddy. I remembered Frank. I didn't remember the movie. You remember the movie. I didn't remember. Was it really No Retreat, No Surrender? That wasn't No Retreat, No Surrender 2. Oh, it was 2. Holy shit. You've seen that movie. I never saw anything past the first one. (laughs) Well, I think we did 3, and that one is great. Yeah. It was a very oh, wow. We're going to talk about fashion. So then we cut to uh, Malik again. We've got this huge fucking plan. What they're going to do is they're going to go to a chemical factory, and they're going to release these chemicals to make this huge cloud that will kill thousands of people. Did anybody else here read the Wikipedia page on this movie? No, I did not. Uh, no, I didn't. No, that's okay. This is We didn't tell you you had to do research or anything. You're, you're here. You're doing great. Uh, I... For whatever reason, because of uh, the terrorist tones and everything, I was like, what is going on here? They were basing this on a real-life event. Okay. It doesn't sound like it was a bombing, but in India, there was a gas leak, and, and it caused like a, a lot of harm. So this whole terrorist... Well, they mentioned it in the movie. Like, Gene Simmons mentioned okay. it, right? The Bhopal incident? Yeah. Oh, shit. You see, I could have got this from the <laughs> movie, but that's I was... How, that's how Wikipedia, I'm sure, got it from. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe Gene Simmons logged into Wikipedia and wrote it himself. Ooh. They're going to release this cloud of gas that will kill... Just to make sure that he got more attention than Nick Rutger Hauer in the Wikipedia entry. I... 
I don't get where they get this thirty-five thousand. We've done the numbers on California. That's part of our podcast. We do population. Uh, right. uh, wait, 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 the, the, uh, well, you're, you know what? That's that's the thing, Griff. In 1987, there were exactly 35,000 people living in California. What? Really? Yeah. So he was going to wow. go to the state of California. The gas leak was going to go from the southernmost tip to the northernmost tip. They only tip. lived in L.A. Nobody was, no. California was a vast wilderness up until about 96. We were going to explore it in 96. <laughs> what about the San Francisco 49ers? That's, that's an illusion. That never happened. <laughs> so... So, um, cut back to Nick. Got the craziest stove. It's not. A, it's like a microwave instead of a stove. He's got burners and a microwave where the stove would be. But I mean, it's it's efficient, I guess. And he's he's heating up some hot pockets. Oh, we're talking about his warehouse right yeah. now. Yeah. And he gets a call from Phil. Phil's like, I got Renz's address. He drives a black Mercedes. He had to throw that in for some reason. Black Mercedes. Uh, I don't know. And he's and so uh, Nick's like, all right, let me put it in my little dash GPS. Beautiful green and black. Uh, yeah. GPS. And then Phil's about to hang up, and he notices something odd. That green light's a red light now. That debugger that we were talking about. Yeah, the tracer. His and, line is being traced. And he's like, huh? Who could that be? And then we see like in the background. Henderson and Lipton like giggling like schoolgirls. No, what like, we get down. is the next shot. Is inside of that room, and they're hanging up the phone that they've been listening in on, and they're continuing to talk, and they're talking about how close Nick is already getting. They're like, "We've got a million guys out here. We're snooping on everybody. We got people trailing Mallory. We got people trailing this guy. Got people trailing that guy. How is Nick doing so well? How is he getting so close? Because he because he." Fucking tortures people, Griff. That's that's how you get shit done. We learned that. You get answers, yeah. Any means necessary. We learned that you get information the best by torturing people. You just got to do a little waterboarding. We saw it in Lethal Weapon. As soon as they waterboarded Mel Gibson, he told them everything. But he really didn't, so that's a bad... Wait, are you saying waterboarding doesn't work? I'm just saying saying Martin Riggs would never give up waterboarding. Oh. A bitch like uh, Luis would. So anyway, um, so yeah, we see like they're just getting jealous. Like, how is he doing this shit? And we also they 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 allude to that Henderson is doing some undercut. He's like deep cover. I mean, I want to point out like these guys are they still want to stop Malik. It's not like they're bad guys. They're just they don't want Nick to get the credit. So they have yes, Henderson undercover in the terrorist cell, giving them info. But he's actually like you know working to stop Malik. Like, Henderson isn't working with the bad guys. He's making them think he's working with them. So I want to point that out because Henderson comes into play later on. Yes, he does, yeah. You're enjoying looking at your fucking mic for five hours? What the fuck? I'm playing these <laughs> rubber bands. Mel, how are you feeling about we're, – we're, we're about through the first act here. How are you feeling about this whole villain buildup and the whole CIA aspect of it? I like how it's going. This is actually um, – and one thing I was going to say is, like, this screenplay – it's actually anybody who wants to, like uh, – learn effective storytelling the screenplay to this movie is perfect for that like, everything happens organic like this thing happens so he goes here he gets a piece of information that takes him to the next place then this thing happens involving all these assholes at the federal level so then other complications happen like it's very there's no fat it's just one thing happens because of that thing the next thing happened like just organic no fat just lean just the next thing the next thing 
just uh, awesome, just great, like well paced, well edited. Like they give you just enough information to know what you need. You, they don't. You, there's no info dumps. It doesn't give us like the usual uh, police kind of aspect of things where it's like, well, our hands are tied, our favorite phrase from the Death Wish month, which is a dead month <laughs> at this point. But it was the hands are tied. That was our whole thing. And now we're working with bureaucracies beyond that. We're working with the FBI. We're working with the CIA. We're working with the LAPD. We're working with fucking like mall cops and shit. And all that's tied up. And yet, Rucker's going out there just flaunting his fucking beautiful uh, duck-ass hair out there, and he's getting everything done. And getting results, yeah, like getting things done while they're all, like, chasing him and like or chasing each other. I, and the whole time, he's just blaring out, taking care of business. Rucker's yeah, and that's what I admire. Like, his character is so efficient. There's just no wasted time. Like, he'll have a little wisecrack, and then he gets his old business. You know, like when Gilam calls him, he doesn't want to talk to him until he makes sure that the thing is clean. He gets an, uh, the address, he goes, gets that information, then goes to Farnsworth, then goes to where, he, where we're at now, and then we get that reveal of, I guess, yeah, the reveal of, like, the bug is coming from inside his office, which I guess takes us to uh, Gilam going in over to their office, and it's a scene, I don't know, like, that scene felt a little bit, it was cool in that it built up a little tension, but I was hoping that Gilam was going to do something more dramatic than just say. Uh, there's no, uh, it's not coming from this, uh, this office, right? The tail is not coming from this office, you know, cause he, Jilam oh. goes over to where they are. He kind of finds out what they know, but then he just walks away. And I was hoping that maybe he was going to say, stop doing what you're doing. I know what you're, I don't know. I was right. hoping for something more, a little more pressure from Phil. Yeah. And nothing happened really. He just kind of hung up with them for a couple of minutes, maybe to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, or he thought that would be enough. And instead, no, yeah. it actually makes him act really hasty. And it leads to what happens next, which I'll lead you guys to uh, to talk about. So what Phil Bill notices Henderson, he's like, yo, you cut yourself shaving? Because it's called back to yes. the bottle up that oh, you know, put to his neck. I didn't recognize Phil yeah. from that. Well, he's just a generic white guy. So, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, so he's like, you know, he knows something's up with these fuckers. They're okay. trying to interfere. I thought, you see, I... I'm feeling, I'm feeling it though, because I felt like Phil should have said something more too. I felt like he should have maybe pressed him a little harder, but I guess maybe he did get his word across. I thought oh, that's man. what he was thinking. Like maybe he figured, maybe if I let them know in this underhanded way that I know what they're doing, they'll back off. But it's yeah. too late by then. Like he's got like dozens of people out on the street search, uh, following him, and eventually it right. leads to what happens, which I'll leave you guys to talk about. <laughs> I mean, leave the host to talk about. Phil even seemed to be surprised by how much just, like, weird eight they, they were throwing out so much chum out there. There was the so much tailing. Exactly. It was just, holy Christ. Yeah. But it's very, I guess, it's very, it seems to be how they work. When you see, like, a police raids and things like that, and it's just way too many uh, cops, like, way too much authority, like, uh, just way too many people. Too many people yeah. for something that really, what you needed was less, less is more. Right. But it's okay, because it makes Nick look that much more awesome. How that guy just basically wisecracking and grinning, gets results, gets to the next place, goes to the next place, until they just get in his way. They literally get in his way with cars. How it works. Nick arrives at Renza's apartment building. He drives into the parking garage. And if we see up the black Mercedes, Renza's getting ready to get the fuck Murray, out of there. Murray, 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 Murray. The reason <laughs> 
because out of that conversation after Phil leaves, they're like, shit. We need uh we need to uh, get word over to whoever to Renza. They're gonna they're gonna tip Renza off that Nick is coming. Yes, and so then we just cut to uh, Henderson taking a note over to that little falafel place, and or maybe no, he's just at his desk. He's calling him he up, and him Phil up. and yeah. Phil's walking by, and so you're like everybody's noticing this. How are uh, Phil? Come on, do a little bit more, but. Bill's trying to play cool on the inside so there's inside intel and not get fired right away, you know? He's trying to stay abreast of all this information. So anyways, then we cut over to the falafel joint. Literally a falafel joint. And the guy answers the phone. He's like, fuck. He writes down a little note, and then he gives it off to somebody, and then we trail that guy, and he's going over to Malik at his place, and he's handing him the note, and he's like, they're on their way. So now they've been tipped off. And in lieu of all that, like, in the meantime of all this, we have Nick heading straight over to that address. Right. So we got, he got that, what, from Farnsworth? Yeah, Farnsworth. You beat oh, it at him. So he's heading over there, and Phil has picked up on this. He has gone back to his desk. He has called up. This is all happening with, like, in two-minute scene, so it's weird how it's uh, how it's being shot, but or how we're describing it. But yet, how I'm describing it. I didn't calm down. And so... <laughs> So Phil calls up uh, uh, Nick because he got that he has that car phone. Right. It's call and it, he just says, "Watch your back." And as soon watch as he your six, watch your six. And as soon as he says that, the brights come on a car behind him, and he gets t bone or he gets hit from behind, and then a car stops and jumps in front of him, and he gets stuck there. And they just wedge him so he can't move anywhere. Yeah, they're trying to stall Nick. They want, they want to get credit for the boss. There's surveillance people for the CIA everywhere. They're just like, eh, we got him. So. And, he play, and he knows it, and he plays it totally cool. He gives him his license of registration. He's reading that uh, girly newspaper he got from the He's reading a paper, yeah, just waiting for the paperwork to be processed. Yeah. like, all right, sir, you can leave. But next time, you better watch yourself. Watch where you're driving. And he just rolls his eyes, gets in the car, finally rolls up to Renz's apartment building. Before that, Malik sends out his terrorists. He's like, look, guys, there's this guy Nick coming for me. Got a beautiful head of hair on him. Real badass. So I want you to take this gun and this stick of dynamite. <laughs> this bundle. Bundle of dynamite. Bundle of dynamite. I love their bundles of dynamite. You get that, <laughs> motherfucker. I don't care if you bring me his head on and put it on this piano. I just want this motherfucker. So, so yeah. So Nick finally arrives. Get out there we go. Finally on there time. we go, Murray. Nick finally arrives at Renz's. Renz's, he got tipped off. So he's ready to fucking leave. And uh, then the, the, the guys in the, for, the Ford Bronco show up, the Malik's guys, and they just start firing away at everybody. I guess they wanted, I guess Malik wanted no loose ends, so he wanted Renza killed. So mm-hmm. Renza gets shot. Mm-hmm. Nick. Nick jump in Renzo's car, right? Nick immediately jumps in Renzo's. That beautiful black Mercedes. Yeah. Beautiful. And they take off, and he's like, they're being chased by the Bronco. They're being chased by the tails, by the feds, by the company, by LAPD. And there's just a car chase. And then, oh, no, actually, I take that back. Nick is following the Bronco because he's chasing those guys. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, and he, exactly. he starts, he fucking, it's not his car, so he just fires his shotgun right through the windshield. Yep. And like, yes, yeah. like fucking dying, and he's like, "Who you work for?" and all this shit. And he's yeah, like, he kind of got used for uh, for shield for shield, Durenza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's like a total car chase. We got everybody following everybody. It's like yep. wacky races. <laughs> oh yeah. 
And then Ramsey just blurts out a name because it's like we're, we're going up the chain of people. And he yeah. goes, Robert Aziz, Robert Aziz, I work for him. We heard in the CIA room, they're like, how close is Nick? Oh, he's on to Renzo. And they're like, Renzo's five contacts away, five degrees of Kevin Bacon. So yeah. They're getting real close, <laughs> close to either Malik or Kevin Bacon. I'm not sure which so one. So Renzo gives up Robert Aziz, <laughs> and then he dies. Just like, he's like, Ren, uh, Robert Aziz, Ugh. and then he dies. <laughs> so Nick's got the information he needs. He doesn't have a dress, but he knows he's got a name. But he just starts unloading on the Broncos. Broncos careening. Yep. Crashes. Turns like turns. It's like a, a, a Suzuki Samurai turns a corner a little too hard. <laughs> flips over. And then we got all the cars, squad cars, pile in. They block this car in. Yep. They got it completely Nick surrounded. Ready for murder. This guy's like, "Hey, we need him alive!" And just as he says that, the guy comes out with a bundle that. Fucking bundle of dynamite and yeah. blows himself up. Lit it up that street. Left eye, and to stop this explosion from happening. Yeah, but they got to cover their ass. Like, well, we wanted him alive. We wanted to question him. It's like you stupid fuck. We're getting into one of the coolest, most intense scenes. Uh, Mel, do you want to lead us into this wonderful scene here? Ah, let me see what happens. Well, I guess uh, they come to a head. Like Lipton and Nick Brandle finally come to a head because he just says. You know, piece of shit. What are you doing? And he and Lipton reveals like, well, you were supposed to kill five people, but you only killed four. Yeah. And I guess that was the issue. I mean, I'm not sure, but I think it was just the fifth person was Malak, and he didn't kill him. I'm not sure why, but I guess that's why Lipton has been holding a grudge with him ever since. I mean, well, we do. I mean, we're confident at this point that Lipton is CIA, right? Yeah, and of course, CIA yeah, yeah. I guess it's a division. Yeah, and so they were starting a secret war in Be- Beirut in 1978, and they sent out Nick to go there and kill five people, and he only killed four of them. Right. And Malik was the one left alive, and he's like, "So what are you, some kind of, some kind of pussy? Can't kill five people?" Right. That's a real. Does shame. he get into why he couldn't kill the fifth person? Or he wouldn't kill a fifth person? Malik is a slippery guy. Yeah, that's all I understood. Maybe he would learn by the end of the movie, Malik only cares about himself. So he'll he'll throw anybody on the bus to to save his own. Yes, that is true, yeah. 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 He probably just like threw somebody at Nick and then took off like a bitch. So what we're learning is like and now what Nick is learning is that he Lipton's been using him as bait the whole time to draw out Malik because there's some personal business between these guys. And then uh, Nick goes, Your bait's been cut. And then he slices the guy's tie off mm-hmm. and just walks. Yeah. Oh! It seemed like a pointless gesture, but it seemed to piss off Lipton seriously. Well, that was a that was from the Donald Trump collection. The ties. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because it was such a like uh, almost like a lame thing for Nick to do, but like Lipton was pissed off about that. He was really like mad about it. Yeah, I mean, he's just always got a sour look on his you face. You guys, think yeah. Lipton was pissed. Phil Bill comes up. Phil Bill. <laughs> he's like, he's like, next, he's like, why don't you kiss me for the next time you fuck me in the Oh ass. yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Bad because Nick's his boy, and he his boy's supposed to trust him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he told Nick he could trust him. Like, he took that seriously. I give you my word, yeah. Nick. We're not going to fuck with you. And they did. <laughs> I love this. He got gangbanged, literally, like, by all these feds. Yeah. Nick gets in the Mercedes with the dead body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drives off. 
after he stops at a light and there's another fucking tail and he has a dead body just laying there like and he's just like oh that's a tail and this hey, takes off it allows you to drive in the carpool lane <laughs> yes. amazing that there were still people like in surveillance you know after all the shit that happened non-stop surveillance it's non-stop. all yeah. they fucking do non-stop yeah so now we see Henderson. He's like, he's, he's like, fuck. He's like, I got to talk to these people now to, 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 co- to make my covers. Straight, right. You know? He goes to the falafel place. Yes. And he's speaking uh, Arabic or I'm sorry. I don't know my language. And he's like, well. like, I need to speak to Malik. He's like, well, I got anything. He said, I need to speak to Robert Aziz. I think. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he's out back. Come on. Come with us. I got to smooth it over. You know, I didn't realize I was trying to get you guys informed and everything. And the, the shopkeep there, he's just like. Anderson, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Come, come on in back. Patting him in the cheeks, very like talking down to him. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't see that as talking. I thought that was kind of like an endearing thing. Like, oh, don't worry. Or maybe to reassure him to take him into the back so that he could do what he does to him when they reach the dumpster. I just thought they were gonna lady in the tramp him and give him like a nice plate of falafel and spaghetti (laughs) and some pea soup. (laughs) He walks out. They club him in the head and just throw him in a dumpster. Yeah, that was pretty brutal, yeah. I guess he got the leftovers of someone that got left behind. (laughs) So Nick, being tailed once again, he's like, I got to lose these fucking tails. So he pulls into another parking garage, and Nick knows, he's like a Ninja Turtle. He knows all Uh, the sewer systems of L.A. What does this go right (laughs) back to? Well, rather, what did they go right back to in? Split second. Yes, he does. He's a master of the sewer mm, system. Yeah, that's true. Why Why yeah. is there a sewer system in a parking garage? Why is there a manhole there? He's not even on the first floor. Help <laughs> <laughs> <Stop laughs> me. It doesn't rain in California. This, I got this off IMDb. He uses, to open up the manhole, he's got one of those garage yes. those choke things. He uses that yep. to like open up. Nice move. He's thinking. Yep. MacGyver. Right. And then, like, he just, just the guy, plops down there and just takes off. He, like, he, he's got, like, a sixth sense. He can just – he's got the entire sewer system of L.A. memorized, so he knows how to get home. And he just whistles as while he works. He just takes off. And they're like, damn it, where'd he go? But he's, he's away. Yeah. Lost Nick. We are pursuers uh, of Nick. Mm. They, they report back in. They're like, ah, oh, shit, we lost him. And uh, we got Phil. And he's just, he's in the room, he's hearing that they lost Nick, and he's just like, fuck this shit. He gets up, and he pushes out of the room, he's gonna go back into his office. But meanwhile, we got Lipton. in his office, he gets <laughs> the news that Henderson's disappeared, we don't know what's going on with him, and they also got a list of all the shit that Farnworth, Farnsworth supplied Malik. And he's like, holy shit, this is like World War Three. what the fuck? How did we yeah. not know about this? How did they not know about that? Now we're wondering what's up with Henderson. Well, he's being tortured right now. He's, he's handcuffed to like a chair. They're beating the shit out of him. Malik is just standing there watching. He does he does nothing. He lets all his underlings do his work for him. Yeah, okay. And he's like, I don't even what was he what was he asking Nick? He wanted to know where Nick was, right? Was it Nick? Uh, yes, he wanted to know where Nick lived. Yes, because Henderson was the guy who was trailing him before. Right. So yes. So he's like, where is... Why did they have to torture the other guy that was already working for them? He wasn't working for them. That was the thing. He was he was an undercover. He was sort of a double agent. He wasn't a real... Like, that's what I tried to point out earlier. Oh, guys, I'd never watched that Alias show, so I don't get this. 
He's, he's proud American. <laughs> he's just a, he's just jealous of fucking how Nick gets shit done. That's all it is. Yes, oh, yeah. Okay. They just wanted credit to get mouth. They didn't want Nick to get. So, credit. are we happy that Henderson is getting his do- just desserts here? Yes. I was actually very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> it was great to see that guy finally get it. Like he, the guy just projected incompetence. Like from the first time when uh, Nick gets him, when he started on after he got uh, gets out of the boat on the water and just puts that knife, uh, not that knife, the broken bottle to his chin. Like and then when the Gilams makes fun of him for that cut, where he got the bandaid under his chin. Like oh, man, this guy project. This is a all incomp- governmental incompetence projected into this guy. Give him credit, Mel, because he does not sell out Nick until Malik starts shooting his feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he held that at least for the. He could take punches, but when it got to shotgun shots, uh, that was too much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what was the most? Uh... Okay. So look, everybody. The thing with Malik again is a straight razor. Loves yeah. a straight razor. And yeah, he gives them one like here, you get to do it this time. <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Right. He's already got his hands dirty enough. What yeah, is the I get killing uh, that you at the beginning, the yeah. the rabbi. What is the most uh I guess you could say cathartic? What was the most rewarding torture you got to see? Was it getting shot in the foot, shot in the knee, or getting finally that blade across the neck? Well, we don't actually see it, like, but you know what's happening. Like, we don't actually see that scene. You just see Dean Simmons hands him, hands him the blade. But um, I think it was when he shot him in the knee, shot him in the knee. And for that scene specifically, yeah. because later on, there's another scene where Nick gets information that tops everything that we've seen up until this point, at least for me. Yeah. But we'll get to that soon. But he, yeah, when, we shot him, when he shot him in the knee, that was actually uh, pretty cool. It was actually like a... Oh. Uh, like really like well made too like they use a gallon of blood for that and a like a loaded squib because it was like a gout of blood like I, I, those pants were just covered in blood and like splatter blood everywhere like holy shit i i remember the foot shot and that was it, the beautiful little fountain spouting out of it yeah that, that too yeah that was pretty impressive yeah i wonder if that was a prosthetic shoe just loaded with blood <laughs> well, anyway, Henderson finally gives up the boat, and he's he's killed. We cut to the boat. Nick is snuck back on. Terry's just was just hanging out there. That's what she does. Where does she? Okay, we think like I thought Nick, she was doing Bonnie's like job. You know, how many days have been? We don't. We can't keep her. I haven't kept track of days at all in this movie. Yeah. I just realized that. No, I was. Too I think it's really two days before. because he only had one week, so time was like a factor in this too. I'm, I'm going to say two days. This is like the second night, I'm going to say. If Terry was going against the time zone, she's basically going back in time, though. That's so... true. <laughs> so she flew to the east side, she's and then Superman she flew back did. to the she west. back through time. Oh, she just went fully around. So, yeah, she gives it, like, one jump scare deserves another. She scares our boy Nick. She's like, hey, Nick, what's going on? Like, oh. And then he's like, get down here. He's hiding, in, and he's just like, look. I've never said this to any woman ever before, but I think I love you. It's a tense mm. moment, Griff, where he finally, the first time in his life, he admits he loves somebody besides his gun. <laughs> and she, and so we're like this tender moment. He's like, I got, you got it. Give me a week. Just disappear for a week, and I'll have everything taken care of, and we'll be safe. All right, so... We're feeling like everything's calm when we go uh, outside of the docks here, looking in on Nick's boat. 
And we got Phil pulling up to, of course, he's got surveillance still on Nick. And he's just like, are a boy still in there? Guy slurping on a slice. Slurping on a slice. <laughs> that is a very grift turn of phrase there. I like was it. Was it a slice? Yes, it was a slice. Okay, I want to say Sprite, but I, I guess, um, yeah. Slice was popular. Oh. I remember the commercials for Slice back in, at that time. I forgot you met a slice as an orange drink. I thought you met a slice of pizza. It wasn't always an orange drink. Slice had many. No, it was. Yeah, if you dig down YouTube, you might find commercials for Slice. It was either Coke or Pepsi's answer to Sprite. Is what Slice. Oh, okay. But then they also had other flavors. I remember they had an apple juice one that's actually really good. But I I asked you, do they make Slice anymore? I haven't seen Slice in forever. I don't think so. I mean, it's almost like a throwback. Like, wow, yeah, there was a time when they had commercials for this. They spent money on marketing this drink. like, I guess yeah. they were the one that put up money. Pepsi wouldn't join in, in the venture of this movie. Right. And Coke. But anyway, I, he's enjoying the hell out of that slice. <laughs> he's like, someday you'll be extinct. And he's like, maybe. Phil, Phil, he's <laughs> Enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> Stuck off again. He did a little. He did a little otter, otter move. He's a, he's a little fucking otter. He's a sexy and little And he's otter, like, man. I'm on the docks. Went on the docks. Dressed as a docksman does. So he gets his little peacoat <laughs> and his little knit cap. Oh, he's looking beautiful. And he makes a call to our buddy Danny. Mm. Danny's, it's like 3 in the morning. He's in bed with his wife. All right, guys. I'm just going to let you know now. If you want to just miss this scene, because we're about to spend 25 <laughs> minutes on it, because what the fuck is this scene? <laughs> Uh, go ahead, skip 25 minutes if you want to jump ahead to the rest of the plot. But, uh, yeah, please, Murray, continue. It's like, hey, want to have some fun? He called, like, it's 3 in the morning, and, like... I want to have fun. I'm going to go get another drink for yeah. this scene. And Danny's like, sure. Like, he, he covers, he knows, like, oh, this is another one of those hijinks that Nick's getting up to. So I'll pretend like it's my boss calling. So he's like, sure, sir, what, what do you need? And he's like, I need you... Pretend to be me. Do you love how well that worked out for him where he gets to pretend he's his boss, his daddy, you know? Exactly. He is yeah. so he's excited about that. So he's like, yeah, I need you to pretend to be me and just go on the boat. Take it out for a few hours because I need some time to, like, finish this shit. Yeah. And he's like, I can do that, sir, whatever you say. Okay, Danny, 100% on board. And yet, Rucker still throws in there, hey, if you fuck up. <laughs> I'll tell your wife about the motorcycle. <laughs> little dig. Well, why? He, but he had a little mischievous grin. He wasn't going to do that. I, I that think he just... did, but I also, I think what we're going to get into, we'll see a little bit later. I think uh, Rutgers kind of kind of a kink guy. He's into that. Well, of course. We saw the fucking handcuffs in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it was a little bit of like up. older brother tough love, really. Like, don't oh, fuck up, was, you know? He was just ball busting. He would yeah. have sold him out. The great okay. thing about this so, is, though, like, after they talk, he goes to the bathroom. He's got one of those oh, foam heads, yeah. and there's a yeah, wig. So it's the thing that they've done before. So he's got that thing, like, you know, almost <laughs> like the red foam for Batman. You know, like, he's got that wig always ready on standby whenever, like, Nick I'm calls him so, at 3 in the morning. I'm so glad you're on the same page with us, Mel. It's exactly what we were thinking. Oh. I think they're trying to make you think it's the wife's wig. No. no. He's I thought so, too. I'm like, that is a strange wig. And then I realized, oh, okay, when he puts it on, oh, I see. And then the next scene, yeah. when you see him with the coat, oh, oh, okay. And it's, it's on display. Like, he doesn't put it away. It's no. yeah. on the fucking counter of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah well, sure it would get he's... wet when they're brushing your teeth or when you're shaving or whatever. But it's just there. Like, okay, everybody, 
I know. I already expect the letters. I already expect the emails. Everybody's going to be talking about this scene because he walks in there. He's in his boxers. It's this fucking thing's right at crotch level. It's clearly Rucker's perfect, like, hair. <laughs> and he is Legit, I wasn't this thinking about that until now that you put that in my head. It's a bathroom <laughs> that I don't think he lets his wife in. He locks it. Like, when he gets up, he has to unlock it. There's not just a light switch. It's one of the – it's a light bulb hanging from the ceiling with the ball chain, the chain and ball. Uh, that Low light, there. yeah. He has to pull on that to turn it on. It's very, very much a kink situation happening here. There, There is some voodoo sex magic happening in this scene. So, well, I guess we, it's a good thing we couldn't see if there was a, a hole cut in the mouth of this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to – I'm glad we didn't get the shot of inside of the closet because that would make this – Yes, yeah. We'd be getting into some Buffalo Bill shit at that point, I think. <laughs> the next morning, Danny's got his Rucker outfit. He's Rucker cosplaying. And even Rucker sees him. He giggles. He's like, oh, that cute little ragamuffin. He, gives him, he gives him the finger. He's like, hey, Ra- w- 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 Randall, looking good today. Yeah, <laughs> you're goofing. And then Phil sees him. He's like, I guess yeah, it's him. You it's got to be him. So, and he's about to talk to him. Slice guy's like, "No, we got to stay back. Let's yeah, go." Shut the fuck up. Come over here. Enjoy a nice. Day. That was not. That was not. That was a. That was a diet slice, is what I'm trying to say. Because it was in a white can, right? I don't remember. Yeah, it was oh, a white can. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you had diet sodas in the '80s, but that yeah, looked like it was did. a diet yeah. soda. Yeah, diet I think they did have a diet version. Every soda has its diet version. I don't get it. So, it's not that much to get. I, it's, it's, just, it's so bad. Just don't drink it. Stop drinking pop. You don't oh, need... Oh. Okay. All right. You're Listen on steak. Here, you got to get that caffeine, either that or coffee. But... Soda water. Well, I'm trying to be healthy, like you just said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he gets on the boat, and they're like, you know, Bill Bills, of course, whew, He's there, you know, he's under control. We know he, he, Phil's trying to walk down the dock to talk to Nick yeah. real quick. And slice guy cuts him off, says, no, don't yep. do that. And then he gets on the boat. Mel comes out. She's confused. She's never met Danny in her life. <clears throat> he kisses her, lays a Excuse me. Man. Yeah, he, he really gets into the character. Out. You know why I keep saying that? Because that's the actress's real name. Oh, okay. Her name is Mel Harris. Mel Harris, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Terry. I'm sorry, Terry. <laughs> but that, Terry that, Harris. No slight against you, Mel. But, uh, yeah, so she and lays a big old smacker on her, and she goes with it. Yeah, she's very cool. She just goes right along with it, like, oh, Nick, you and your friends. Yeah. Right. She knows nothing about the crazy life that Nick leads. She knows, like, he's insecurities. Yeah, she that's exactly right. But she's just like, all right, I'll roll with it. And this, I'll tell, I've actually seen this movie, and it still shocked me, because he's like, we're going to get this boat on the road. Like, mm-hmm. on the road, on the road, on the, road, the waves. And she's like, I'm, I'm, like she just stares off the camera like okay and then the boat explodes what the oh fuck? man that was so brutal yeah this this it's such a happy that? blissful moment like you get to see why nick loves these people so much like this is his family and kaboom in a second they're yeah. gone his family like the people he cares about the most it's, right. As much as he pushes people away you could tell like rucker does a great job of emoting in the next right. scene here and like i i saw this movie and i still didn't see this coming because, yeah, they're just dead. And like, and Phil's like, "What the fuck?" And Slice guy's like, "They're fucking." They're like, they're, like, meanwhile, yeah, well, literally <laughs> right behind him. He's like, "Those guys are fucking toast. They're, 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 they
fuck, god damn it, you know, and then Nick sheds one tear and he walks off. And so then, uh, uh, Bill, <laughs> G-Long. gets in his car and then he feels a gun at the back of his neck. It's fucking Nick. I just saw you die. You saw my best friend Danny die. You mm. saw my girlfriend Terry die. It hurts. It hurts. And he's like, and he's just like, do you think I knew anything about this? Yes, I do. And he's like, he's like, 15 years we worked in the company. I would never betray oh you. Oh my god. I have a wig like you too. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> he keeps hoping that yeah, Nick will call him at three in the morning. I need you to be me for a little while. <laughs> All the Nick's friends have a wig of Rucker House. I'm going to get one. Fuck that. Now you got me thinking about that. I'm going to go to the Fear of the Halloween store that opened recently in town. I mean, Halloween's right around the corner. Dude, Rucker Howard month has been so big, everyone's going to be fucking Rucker Howard for Halloween. Yeah, everyone's going to be dressed like Bennett crossover with, uh, with Nick. Hey, I, I would love to see more Bennett costumes out there. I know we have... You know, you never see that. We, if you ever... When you see people in cosplay, you never see Bennett cosplay. I guess it's up to someone to put an end to that. Someone, not me. Uh, if I ever go to a live event again, I'm sure maybe next year, like we were talking about before. I'm yeah, hopefully soon in the near future, we'll be able... Mustache and I just... I don't have his size. He's a big man, but I could do it. Bennett is a big. Well, he's big, and in the sense that he's gaining mass, I guess. I don't. I don't mean that he's like ripped as shit. I just mean he looks exactly like yes, over yeah. six feet tall. And well, don't get I'm that much into character. Don't go gaining weight just for you know. <laughs> I can't gain, so it's okay. All right then, perfect. Yeah, don't don't go harm your metabolism. Bill convinces like I'm on your side, and Nick believes. So Nick goes back. He's in a daze. He goes back to his lair. He's got the fucking split second. This is where we tie in. He's got this baggy fucking un- uncomfortable diaper looking leather pants on. We're just seeing his <laughs> leg down as he's wrapping it in tape. Yes, he's wrapping like the cuff of his pants to over his boot. Yeah. I don't know why because it never pays off at all. Right. And he's doing it. It's, an, it's, it's another rocket thing. Dude. I'm just going to shock it up. Rucker. It's Rucker. Yeah. Rucker doing Rucker uh, things. There's the news on, and we're hearing about all this shit that's going down with Malik, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, I'm just gonna be staying here with my leather pants. Maybe, maybe he's trying to lose some weight. So you know, like they like uh, wrestlers got those like plastic suits they wear, so they can really sweat a lot. Maybe he's tying it off so he. That was a thing in the '80s. Yeah, those sweatpants that were like made of vinyl. Oh, I'm sorry. As much as I love Rucker. Stay away from the leather pants, Rucker. You cannot pull that look off. Well, don't worry. He doubled down on that. I'm worried again for split second. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, another pile of the split second. Yeah, just uh, you just point that out. Yeah. Not to mention just Harley Davidsons all over the place. Yeah. And of this course, is the beginning of the hoarding that he does in split second. It's right. Starting. Right. And oh yeah, yeah. There's the second floor of his loft. <laughs> yeah. We're at the breaking point of uh, Nick Randall. Bad. And pretty soon, maybe after he finishes up his uh, mission with Malik here, he's going to become Harley Stone. Right. Because his heart is as hard as a rock. 
Or maybe his fist is hard as a and rock. He loves riding hard. Makes perfect sense. But we're we're getting and it, it's like rubbing salt in the wound. All these Malik stories are popping up yeah. on the TV. And he gets a call from Phil. Phil proves that he is his friend. He's like, I got Aziz's address. Mm-hmm. I, we forgot to point out Robert Aziz. We get we see that he was the guy who planted the bomb on the boat because he like pops up out of the water. He's like, smiling. oh yes, yeah, his mustache, yeah. So we know he did it. It was clearly like rented scuba gear too. You could see <laughs> and Sharpie MB on it. Well, I love it. It's more realistic. I love it too. I really do. And so, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense in a minute later, but so whatever. he gets that address. You're right. And, <laughs> and he pulls out the shotgun and just shoots the picture of Gene Simmons on the, the TV. TV yeah. Which mm. we we learned in split second. He's got piles of just old TVs. So we carried this TV with him. <laughs> took it. He took, he took this entire warehouse with him to London. Yeah, it's amazing. He just painted it all blue when he got into split second. So now we see. If you ever wanted to know how they make barrels, people. Watch Wanted Dead or Alive. Because we get a master class. They show exactly how a barrel gets made. This is great. This is, uh, what's that show? How how does it get made? Yeah. Where it's just like fucking catnip for, you know, ADD. And you just sit there right. and stare at it. And we see the terrorists. They have a factory. A terrorist factory, if you will. And they're making barrels because they're going to hide. What, what else would you call that? It is a terrorist Did factory. they own the factory? Is that like a thing? Was it theirs? Like maybe a legal business? Yeah, was or like was it just a part of it that they loaded, I don't know, a few dozen barrels with uh, explosives? I don't um, know. But they're, what, they're, yeah. what they're doing is they're putting explosives in the barrels, and they're also putting terrorists in them. I don't know how they're going to breathe in these barrels because they're not any holes. <laughs> no. they're, they're, they're so dedicated, they don't care. They'll just... <laughs> I'm just going to die before I can do anything. It's up again. They leave them in there with like a juice box. That'll keep you going or something. <laughs> and, uh, we get Maybe they shot one hole before they went in with the with their AK forty sevens. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Malik has called in fifty car bombs because he wants complete chaos so they don't know what they're really doing. So the cops are gonna be scattered in fifty different places. <clears throat> car bomb. And then Nick, full on trash lodge gear, he's he's got all the baggy leather on. He's heading over to Aziz's place. He, I want to say I was hyped for this. Uh, I'll get, let's get everyone's gauge on this right now because Rucker is in complete murder mode now. This is the third act of the movie. This is finally when we get to see him get his vengeance on everybody. He gets to murder everybody. And he gets off that motorcycle and he's wearing a trash bag. <laughs> I, I guess the, the, what I did like is he got the knife out. But outside of that, not feeling it. So, Mal, Mal, how are you feeling about this? About the, his outfit? About his outfit, about your just emotion <laughs> at this point, because we're getting into the big action. Scene. Well, I'm excited, because like you said, this is the beginning. Like, again, this script is so, like, tightly put together that you can almost time it to the minute when this starts. And it's like, this is all downhill on the roller coaster ride. Like, it's vengeance time. Like, he's not fucking around. Yeah. And you see the progression. You know, when he runs into these people, he doesn't fuck. He just takes a truck and just... Start slamming against the armored car. Yeah. But again, for this scene, you're feeling it. You're really digging it. You're buying into this guy in a trash outfit walking up to a little hobo shack. You're you're still feeling good? And you know what? I kind of tune out moments like this because these are kind of like a, how would I say? This is just something that you have to sit through to get to the good stuff. You okay. have to kind of suffer okay. through Rutger Howard wearing this unflattering outfit to get to the 
awesome stuff that he does later on. So it's a small price okay. to pay for what happens later. Okay. So it's okay. I don't mind it. I guess I could say I don't mind it. Because I know there's a way better payoff coming. Aziz is apparently living in a crack house. Yes. Because there's bear studs. It's like... It's wide open, yeah. He, it breathes. Rutger notices some non-fat milk on the table, sniffs it. It's fresh. Yeah. Somebody's been here recently. Yeah. People mm-hmm. down at the KFC, and those mashed potatoes, we know they never spoil, so those look fresh, too. <laughs> he's, I, as Griff pointed out, he's knife-acting his ass off. He's just waving it. I, I love his knife-acting, yeah. he, he knows That knife is badass, too, by the way. That's a ninja knife. That's a tanto blade. Oh, is it? Mad Black Tanto Blade. You might have actually seen that in any of the ninja movies of the ninja trilogy. You might have seen Shokasugi using one of those, but like a shiny one, a chrome one, instead of a Mad Black like he had. Right. Well, Mad Black means it's tactical. Yeah, so. yeah it's yeah. a night ops. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. This is afternoon. This is, it's, well, evening. I wouldn't, it's evening, I guess. It, it, it is like early afternoon, lady. Yeah, it's like daytime. Yeah, when Aziz finally pulls up after while Rugger Howard's investigating, I'm finding just like a room full of like dynamite and like detonators and like wires and stuff. He pulls up and then he's got a knife of his own. Aziz has a, has a knife of his own too. Right. He's got just a tiny little but, pocket rocket. Yeah, yeah. Not only does Rugger identify the bomb making materials, he sees there's a little uh, like locker. He yeah. opens it up and he sees some scuba. Oh yeah, yeah. From this morning, I didn't put that together. And then he puts it together at that moment. This motherfucker. And he sells it too for a moment. No, he's all business. He's badass, but you can see he drops to his knees at that moment. Like, oh no, yeah. like that. The I, pain comes I back. Didn't know what was happening? I had no so idea what was happening. Before here. he was probably just gonna arrest disease. Now he's out for vengeance. Yeah. He shows up. He's got his nice Bennett mesh shirt on. He did. I love that. <laughs> He's got like a pleather jacket So on. somebody is cosplaying as Bennett. It's just not who you'd expect <laughs> it to be. And then, you, like, like Mel pointed out, he's got a knife. But fucking Nick takes care of him super easy. Well, yeah. This is amazing. This The, the, the way he um, tortures him to get information. And it's also progressive. Like, uh, I don't mean progressive in, like, the way we use the word nowadays, but in that you see a progression how Nick gets information. Like, first he starts by twisting fingers. Then when he gets to farm words, he just uses a club. By the time he gets to this guy, he's had so much bad shit happen to him that he just statues his ass in that, lo- in that uh, cabinet and uses the shotgun in a way that I've never seen done before in movies. It was awesome. Uh... I mean, I would just call that murder. I want to call that torture. Well, no. well in the movie's logic, it, it doesn't kill him, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. It makes no absolutely no sense. If you shot somebody point blank with a shotgun, they're dead. one time. Yeah, he shoots him like four times, I think. Right. He does, and, and he it's shoots... that fourth time that he finally gives up, or what they're going to be doing, what the, the next place they need to go. Yeah, six six uh to Wharf Avenue. Electric. <clears> Avenue, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then just that insult to injury, he just pushes the guy down the stairs. Like, yeah, that was awesome, too. I'm done with you, you bitch. Bam. So while that's going on, Lipton and Phil are back at HQ. And they're like, where are we going to find these fucking bombs? What's going on here? I don't know. How the, how did they find out? Just some, some oh. dude working the phones comes running in. Guys, guys, we got a tip. There's some action going down at you. Because they had somebody watching him 
Oh no, it was a um, shotgun complaint because someone, I guess a neighbor complained about call about hearing shotguns and it was of course Rutger Howard shooting the locker. That's how they found And they checked the address and the address matches, you know, uh, Aziz's address, so everybody go over there. And once again, these motherfuckers just crammed the highways with uh, sedans, with government sedans. The Knicks, he got, yeah, he got the address to the barrel factory. So like I said, it's a progression. So he moves on to that in the next move. And he sees that they're loading up all the terrorists onto this this trailer. <laughs> yeah, so terrorists in a barrel. Clank grabs the axle like the. I was so train. confused about this because for a moment he's on a roof. Yes, he's just, watching. Yeah, yeah, just cutting through like some kind of he's vinyl. Cutting, he's uh, cutting through the glazing so he can take the paint and glass. Yeah, and then yeah. a minute later he's attaching himself to the bottom of a truck. I was like, yeah. wait, what? He's he straight was- up Spider Man. <laughs> I don't think he's repelling. He's climbing like Spider-Man. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. This is something that Rugger Howard, I mean, he's great, but I don't, if they shot this, it would have probably looked awkward and he probably couldn't have done it. Like, he's great, but I get the feeling like action and athletic stuff, it's not really what he did best. So it's like, let's just not show it. Let's just cut to the next thing he's getting under the truck. Look, yeah. I'm excited to go on to our next two movies. I hope he wears a trash bag yet. I, I'll buy the agility. <laughs> I just want to see him stuffed into a trash bag more. Oh, yeah. He, he, he grabs, like, the axle of the, like, the tractor trailer and just goes wherever they're going. He, you know, that's all he needs. All he needs. All I so need. the FBI finally arrived at Aziz's place. He's still alive somehow. I don't know how the fuck. We, we see yeah, he's got just a few cuts, apparently. Locker at the bottom of the steps. We see it's been blown up. Fucking Bill's got this most shit-eating grin on his face. Like, he's bad. This isn't the fucking Nick. I know. No, this ain't the burnt-out dude we learned yeah. in the beginning of the movie. He's it's such a futile thing, too. Like, how they get information. I don't know. Like, they're pointing a gun at his face. And I'm like, that was so useless considering what he does like a half a second later. Like, you're, you're threatening him with a gun to his face. And then he puts things to an end with a gun. To his face. They, they take him up upstairs, and they're just holding him. He's got it. He's got his own little torture room because it's got the one hanging light bulb, you know, like they have in all the uh, interrogation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the police are trying to get information out of him. I think one guy does. I think it's Lipton holds a gun to his face. Right. Yes. He's got rotted green beans downstairs. Get those and try to force them down his mouth. That's like <laughs> Make him drink the milk. Well, yeah. Oh, well, the milk's the, fresh. The we know fresh. that. We know, we was know it fresh? That. Okay, I thought it was implying that no, it was rotten. Look, we were skim milk experts. Yeah, well, yes, man. yes. We're the calcium anthropologists right. around here. All right, then. So, yeah. I won't argue with you. So, so Aziz, yeah, just grabs a gun off a guy and shoots himself in the face. And they're like, <laughs> well, we're luck, guys. We did find another address. That brings into a whole another question in my brain here. Why was a cop grinding his ass on his face to have his gun exposed for him to steal it? Interrogation. Like, interrogation. I guess they just needed happened. some way to end this. <laughs> to end the scene. I, okay, but I'm just going to say it now. Twerking was invented in 1987 when this cop was twerking on this guy's ass. I guess Aziz was not happy with it. He was not down with the, with the twerking because that's an infidel activity. <laughs> For a, uh, for a such a high, like, you know, uh, 
highly efficient terrorist cell. They write down a lot of shit. They write everything everywhere. Nobody memorizes anything. They're like us. We can't memorize yeah. shit. Yeah. And usually they're doing it next to a landline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like open lines, people trading information. Right, exactly. It's open yeah. lines. They've got the roll of paper next to the phone that they write all their details down on. They don't erase. They don't use right. the magic marker. None of that. So Phil, Bill, yeah. Lipton, they have a new lead. So they go off, and this is the house that Malik yeah, is hanging out Yeah, 1309 Avenue. Right, Electric Avenue. And they surround the place, and there's a raid, and there's a shootout with the terrorists. And this is where they get the schematics and blueprints of all the shit, the final thing. But they don't know where it's at. They don't know where... Yeah, you know it's a chemical uh, factory. They just got a close up of like a barrel of barrel of chemical. Barrel <laughs> of chemical. Yes. And eventually, it takes them a couple of minutes, but they do find out eventually where. I cannot remember yeah. how. I think actually it was a uh, Phil Bo- Phil Will. Yeah, I Phil think I think it, I mean the whole point of it. Is Phil Bill, I meant to say Phil Bill. Time, obviously. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the whole point. But yes, Phil Bill. Finds it out finally. Gets a call. Like this, this is the only place it has. Because every place, like one place, only makes the detonators. This place only makes the chemicals that they're going to use. Apparently. Okay. And it's an, uh, the it's, chemicals they're going to uh, explode to yes. kill all 35,000 35, citizens, citizens of California. Citizens of LA. And yeah. as, wouldn't you know it? All 35,000 people are on the same highway that fucking Phil Bill's on, so they get caught in traffic. Oh, no. L.A. Yeah. traffic. It's we hear worst. all about it's it. The worst. Yeah, that's right. It's 5 o'clock. It's rush hour. You don't ever follow terrorists at rush hour. <laughs> so uh, they make, so uh, Nick and the terrorists make it to this, this uh, chemical lab. Right. Chemical they, fi- they finally stop. And Nick doesn't just jump right out, so we get a nice scene with the truck driver who's going up. There's two different Chicago hydrophil-looking characters here. Right. Tickets, tickets. He's like, sign here, sign here. Uh, they, that's all they can say, like Pokemon. They just say what they need, action they need done. <laughs> and so he signs off, and he goes and gets back in his truck, and he's driving off, but the hitch falls off. What right. the hell is going on here? So <laughs> that was weird. Gets out, and, yeah, Rucker pops down finally and bops him in right. the face, I think. Yeah, he, like, knocks him out. Yeah, Knocks him out. He had to take the truck. It's yeah. in the truck, and then he starts driving in. And then an armored car just barrels through the entrance. Right? <laughs> it's fucking Malik and his, and his his main squeeze, his girl. Yeah. And we're like, uh-oh, this is it. This is the final final countdown. And then the cops finally arrive. They finally get through traffic, so the whole place is surrounded now. Right. Yeah, th- th- this whole buildup is weird because it's like the trucks pass each other or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick starts chasing him. He notices Malik in the car, so he starts chasing him. Okay. So somehow Nick noticed Malik drive by, and he's like, well, that's Malik. Yeah. And then Malik— You know he was wearing, like, a total, like— uh, Yeah, he like, was wearing a headdress and everything. Yeah, uh-huh. So he, he was covered up, but he was all like, that's him. He smelled him. Smelled him. Uh-huh. Smelled like shit. Well, it was, it was we'll learn later. <laughs> Is that, that the callback yeah. to the first yeah. scene? Oh. That's a callback to the last scene. He's a pile of sh- he's a fly in a pile of shit. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, uh, the girl, she's all in because he's being they're being chased by Nick. Nick's ramming him with the truck, and then they see that there's like a the the cops have cordoned off this area, and behind them is the fucking tanks that they're supposed to hit. And the chick's like, "Yes, I'm he was going to speed through it. Yeah, I'm going to drive right into this fucking thing." And he's like, "No, turn, turn." 
Oh. And she's like, fuck that. I'm we're, we're, I'm going to risk my life. He's like, fuck, I'm risking my life. So then Malik shoots her in the face. Yeah. And then he takes over and makes the turn. Because he's a bitch. He, he's willing to risk other people's lives, but not his own. Yeah, he oh. wants to... To bask in what he does afterwards. Just look at the destruction and the mayhem and the killing and all that. He's not so like her. Like she's full in. She doesn't care. But he's like, no, no, no. I gotta be the rock star of Turf. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, we gotta do. Let's do another temperature check. How are we feeling about this villain? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, I don't. He's a bitch now, so I can't. Respond. Yeah, exactly. So he's just. He's a, he's he's vain. He's Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, rock and roll and all he's vain he's all about himself he's self-absorbed people are just things he uses okay so i'm hearing two thumbs down but um well i mean i'm I'm with gene simmons with the scene i'm okay with because i know that nick is right behind him but that does does that make you appreciate jim's jeans villainy right here um that's that's the root it's not appreciate it but i guess appreciate how much of a scumbag he is, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Your thumbs up. You think he's doing good villainy? Uh, yeah, yeah, because he's, well, because he sucks. He's, he's a piece of shit. He's a scumbag. Sounds like we're two to one against you, Murray. Because I'm giving him a thumbs up. I Killing mean, uh... your, your, your best woman? Super dedicated woman, yeah. Woman. That's progressive, too. Well, he's running like a bitch. Hey, well, because that's who he is. It's like Trump on an armored truck. <laughs> exactly. I can't respect that. Sorry. Okay. I, feel, I like my villains to actually get some offense in. They try to fight. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah. I don't you like do. We do get a little bit of that. I mean, a little bit. But we get more of a stalk, because I guess. Yeah. They, they, they go off deeper into the bowels of this factory. You like your villains take their coffee without sugar, right? Yes. I mean, I believe it's because sugar makes you go crazy. Yes, it makes me go absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> Sorry. And so, yeah, that's, that's just an inside <laughs> joke with us. Sorry. So, so <laughs> um, he's going to hide in the factory, apparently, because he's surrounded. The cops are surrounding it. Bill Bill is like, guys, guys, give them room. Give them space. This is personal. Let them handle it. He, so, he, so the cops don't even get involved. They let these two have their peace. You know what it reminds me of? The Zargatha episode of Baywatch Nights. I'm sorry. But, yeah, where the cops are just like, whoa, 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 (laughs) Hands are tied. (laughs) Can't go in there. Well, because they know this is personal. (laughs) you got to let these guys work it out. I mean, I feel like we need to do that more nowadays, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. We need showdowns, epic showdowns between villains and heroes. We get 10 minutes of boring cat and mouse. It's just like they're chasing each other. Nothing really happening. Yeah. And then a machine gun starts firing at Malik. And he's like, what the fuck? And he throws a grenade at the, where mm. he thinks Nick is. Yeah, Nick, that's a, like a ruse. It's just a machine gun with the, the what, was it, what, what do you call that knife again, uh, Mel? The Tanto knife. knife. It's got the Tanto <laughs> knife uh, wedged into the trigger. And that's what was shooting it. Perfect. And- decoy and then there's some kind of conveyor belt thing like a vertical conveyor belt that nick's on and he leaps down and just starts beating the shit out of malik and malik gets no offense total squash match only pummels the shit out what was going on with uh gene simmons acting here where he refused to open his eyes for the rest of the movie <laughs> his eyes he was squinting 
Was he? Okay. One of the people was indulging in some medication. Maybe. <laughs> no, because I know for a fact Gene Simmons does not do drugs. There yeah, that is true. Maybe he was bothered by the noise because I was doing the same thing with my face, and that's why I didn't notice it. I don't know, but he's like, "Kill me!" He wants to. Die. Yeah, yeah. He's like he couldn't survive in prison. He's a bitch. He's like, "Kill mm. me!" I'm not a criminal. I'm a soldier. I deserve to die like a soldier. Yeah, that one whole thing. But that that's awesome. Like Nick's comeback is great. You already said it, but you can say it again. No, you're a fly in a pile of shit. And then he just fucking grabs a grenade and just shoves it in that big ass mouth of Gene Simmons. That's a really big mouth. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. Well, he's known for a really big tongue too. <laughs> so... oh. And Not then we're that. like, holy shit, he's going to blow him up. No, he decides you don't even deserve it. I want you to get raped daily in prison. I'm going mm-hmm. to yes. want that extra money. I want that bonus. So he's hauling. You see, like, all the cops are, like, wrapping shit up. And we see. I want to point out that the, the, the terrorists that we forgot about that were in the barrel, it was classic, like, Nintendo game. Where, like, yeah, if you're, like, it was. It was <laughs> oh, yeah. He pretty much does a strike, a bowling strike with some of those terrorists. You saw that guy, like, getting knocked out, like, he was trying to get out of the barrel, and Nick just drove through him and the other barrel. Right. It's like Malik is, like, the guy you're chasing, the big boss, and then he honks his horn, and then the little underlings pop up, and you got to kill them. They didn't make it out of the barrel all the way. (laughs) Their their little gang should have been called the Foot Clan. (laughs) So we see, like, we're expecting, you know, like, you know, Gene Simmons is dead. No, he's not. We see our boy Nick. Hauling, dragging him out by the pin. He's yep. walking him out. But he's got his finger in the pin and leading him by it. Beautiful. 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 Fire in the background and everything. Everything is just fire incarnate. And he's leading by that pin. Right. One on one. And Lipton's like, well, I guess you outdid me again, uh, Nick. And then he's like, <laughs> how much? How much? He's like, I want you to give. The, he's like, "What do you? Do you I, they have the checkbook with him." Like, well, yeah, they're like, "Who do we make the two hundred fifty thousand out to?" Take it out to, to Louise, Danny's widow. And they're like, "Okay." And he's like, "Well," and he's like, "But I want the fifty thousand. Yeah, I'll come pick up the bonus myself." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You know what? Fuck that!" And then he pulls the fucking pin. And then we see everyone's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And they all run. And Gene Sims is pissing himself. Oh, and then boom, we get a nice scanner explosion. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Like the top half of his body just blew up and then you see the legs flop over. Yeah. Right. And then do you want to lead us into the credits here, Mo? You want to take us away? Uh, well, uh, Lipton starts complaining about what he did. Uh, Phil Bill tells him just back off, just let him be. He kind of walks, I guess, to a part of the plant that has a... Like a little shore, like a, maybe one of those artificial lakes where they drain water, wastewater, and yeah. whips out the harmonica and starts playing. And he actually plays good. He plays uh, well. But, you know, there's a bitterness to the song because of everything that's happened since. And I don't know. Anybody notice how the movie also starts with the harmonica? I was actually in the notes. I was like, you know, this movie is bookended by harmonica. But in the beginning, it's like a classic rock harmonica. Like a, It's more like defiant, you know, harmonicas to me. Have like a cheerful, defiant sound to them. Like you always associate, at least I always associate harmonicas with like uh, early twentieth, early nineteenth century settlers. You know, like hobos and things like that. 
Oh yeah. And in the beginning, in the beginning, ugh, the harmonica has that feel. It's like cheerful, jaunty, defiant. But this uh, oh. tune that Nick plays, uh, the, the, is it a real tune or is he just playing something? Do you guys know what the song is that you he's are playing? My sunshine, my only sunshine. Yeah, he's doing. Oh wow, they didn't recognize that. But I mean, it's. And you know that now, wow, that really hits me up now. It's even more sad and bitter now than that he's singing that song. That he's uh, yeah. playing that song on the harmonica based on what's happened. Right. So the movie uh, ends on that. And I don't know. I mean, evil has been derailed, but, you know, at a great he loss. Does, he does say, I think I'm going to move to London. He does he say that. that. Ah, or maybe it was like Morse code in the, in the, uh, in the harmonica. Like there was uh, hidden, hidden in the notes. Yeah. yeah. See me later in split second. <laughs> yeah. Sequel to <laughs> yeah. But it is true. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. talking about this, I realized there's a lot of parallels to split second. I mean, his character is the same. It's just like, you know, he's older, more bitter, more jaded, more cynical, probably a little heavier and fatter also. Yeah. You know why it. that is, Mel? Because only Golden Globus Theater can show these connections. Nobody even saw that. Nobody even thought about that. Exactly. It is true. Yeah. 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 Whoa! It kind of makes me wish you guys had done this in chronological order, so that the next movie to discuss would be split second. We we do well, nothing in order. Look, we got to do it like a true crime podcast yeah. where th the story should take five minutes, but they have to splice <laughs> it up in the worst <laughs> fucking obnoxious way possible. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing with all these episodes. Exactly. Well, hey, great job, Mel. For a Thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. I mean, you came, you saw, you conquered. Right. Oh, thank you so much. I hope that we can do it again in the near future because it's awesome. And if maybe, um, I don't know how you guys work, but um, in terms of choosing titles, because a while back, I suggested to Murray one, uh, one Italian film. And um, there is a genre in Italian films known as Poliziotteschi. These are action movies in the 70s. That pretty much channeled the spirit of of Golan and uh, Go Golan Globus, a canon film. So that's something if you want to you guys want to try in the near future. There is like a wealth of movies there that can keep the podcast going for years and years. <laughs> well, we're yeah. surprised it's going this long, but yeah, we'll definitely right. keep an open ear to that. Yeah, awesome then, super. Yeah, let me know. And like I said, I will in the in the near future. Uh, let me, I'll be happy to join also. We'd be happy to have you. Once again, thank you for doing this for us. Assuming you don't go in the vault. Yeah, assuming you don't go into the acid pit. Because, uh, like, pit I, I'm, I'm just glad we don't have to decide this. It's the listeners yeah. that decide who goes. It's, well, our hands are clean. This is we're, we're Malik. Our hands are clean. This is true democracy. We right. clean <clears throat> our hands because we're wearing the gloves to stir the big gold vault or uh, acid, acid pit spoon. Yeah. You know? no, I appreciate that because often the decision ends up with a Ginty movie for you guys. And that's like uh, for Murray, that's torture. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, but so now, the, we, the Rucker Hour Month isn't over with, though. Week four, Griff. Call, I, I made a call in to a very special guest. We all know this guy. He's been on two, three times, I think. I don't know. I don't, make, I don't count this shit. He's everybody's <laughs> favorite Canadian girlfriend. It's Mr. Joe Corey. And he requested this movie, and I'm glad you actually mentioned it earlier, Mel. It's The Hitcher. Oh, man, I'm jealous, guy. man. That movie is awesome. <laughs> we get to see the dark side of Rutger Hauer. He's not Ooh. playing a hero anymore. Oh, I like Well, he lets go. The dark side that we see a hint at here, he lets it full, full go, like lets it go in, this, oh, in The Hitcher. 
That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anymore. He, he, before he ends up in London, I'm, we'll make the connection. Oh, it's there. boy. Oh, boy. It's, it's there. Yeah, it'll connection. come through in the discussion. I'll be I'll be listening to that when you guys uh, release it. All I know, all I'm going to say before Murray close out the episode is get your skim milk open and out on the yes. table now. I was going to say Get that. it warm. Oh, okay. We're going to get Just it. don't put it on your coffee. Not fat milk references. Because that's Skim so milk and coffee don't go together. Don't do that. <laughs> so, next week, Rooker Hour Month continues with Joe Corey and the Hitcher. See you then and keep it warm. Bye.